It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. All you got to do, dial toll-free to join us on the radio. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. That mad no- that mad bastard nobody. And Chris. And, of course, you can uh, bring up anything that you want. I wanted to actually continue a story that I brought up last night, I think it was. And so I'll recap this here since you guys weren't here. We always have new people tuning in. Uh, It's about this so-called Great Reset. Have you heard this terminology yet? Um, Yeah. I've I've heard it bandied about. I've never heard it defined or used officially. This is in relation to economics, right? This is in relation to the so what state they're of, doing to us. Yeah, the, the state yeah. of the world, uh, the the system, economics, uh, etc. The World Economic Forum is okay. the group that has put together this terminology of the Great Reset. Now, what is the World Economic Forum? Well, they met in early June and they plan on meeting again in January. It is a you know a group of business people, big wigs, you know, government goons, and uh, others, people like that, right? Like the Bilderberg types mm-hmm. that are meeting to decide things where they say they have a unique window of opportunity to shape the recovery that the so-called Great Reset will inform, quote, the future state of global relations, the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and the management of the global commons. So. Wow. These guys have big, big plans. Sounds like a good place to go and cough if I mean, you do come down with COVID. <laughs> you know, it seems like they've already started this. I mean, just, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, with the, what was it, the reserve printing money, basically, mm-hmm. and actually buying up stocks and all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, basically well, it looks like money the, to. It, it looked wealthy. like the Federal Reserve was exit scamming. Because that's basically what yeah. what hyperinflation yeah. is. It's, yeah. it's what happens when a central bank doesn't exit scam. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what it looks like uh, to to me, and and apparently economic, uh, you know, economics people as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Prince Charles said at the meeting, quote, we have a golden opportunity to seize something good from this crisis. It's unprecedented shockwaves may well make people more receptive to big visions of change. Is that the one as a child molester? Um, probably. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Um, aren't they all? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, that just kind of gives you a taste of – that's a recap yeah. of what we covered last night. You've got these these bigwigs making these decisions, and the story where I'm getting this from is actually coming from Cointelegraph, and the question is, what role will cryptocurrency play in the so-called Great Reset? Because as they point out here, the this Great Reset – and again, they're not going to roll out the details of this thing apparently until after they meet again in January – But again, they are working on it as we speak. Uh, They point out that the World Economic Forum is focused on centralization, which, of course, is contrary to what the point of cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. like Bitcoin was, which is supposed to decentralize the power of money into people's hands. So Bitcoin and crypto is going to be a contrary force uh, working against this great centralization. Yeah, my first thought when you said what's Bitcoin's or cryptocurrency's ra- uh, role going to be in this, I was thinking exit route, escape. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shelter. Every country, this is a quote from the founder of the World Economic Forum, quote, every country 
from the United States to China must participate, and every industry, from oil and gas to tech, must be transformed. Wow, that sounds awful fascist. I mean, what what does that even mean? He further said, quote, in short, we need a great reset of capitalism. Oh, good God. I mean, it sounds like a redistribution of some sort of redistribution of wealth scheme. Where it sounds like a redistribution of freedom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, they've already and the other crazy thing is I don't I, I don't know that they're actually talking about like like I suspect they're actually talking about wealthy people already becoming more wealthy effectively and not well, the other way around. But it's interesting. Ooh. It's interesting that, you know, the same those both camps, you know, both the people who are on the left and both of the, you know, these capitalist kind types you know they both seem to want the same thing they just want it for themselves sure more power more money uh schwab the founder also said that quote all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions must be revamped he said wow the cryptocurrency industry. Yeah, those aren't the guys I'm going to trust to do that. I think I'll revamp <laughs> yeah, my how, own stuff. How do I opt out of this social contract thing that you're talking about? I yeah, think you got to shoot them. We've been trying to opt out for a long time of whatever the current one is, and they don't seem to care. Mm. Uh, the cryptocurrency industry, as Cointelegraph points out, has been planning its own great reset, one based on decentralization. While global governments want to put the world on a distributed ledger in order to digitize finance so governments can have more control, there are very smart people on this planet who have their own plans we in the crypto industry for example want to put everything on a blockchain instead of social credit systems and centralized fiat currencies we want each individual to be in control of their own money to be less dependent on banks and to be in control of defining what money and real value is and by the way i want to give credit can to i this. have a hallelujah i know i got to give credit to this author his name is raul milhado so kudos to him what's the source of this story coin telegraph he's Cointelegraph. a writer for coin telegraph yeah good stuff so he goes on he says the great reset will be a revolutionary upheaval it will create many hardships but also opportunities for companies which recreate financial products in a decentralized fashion on blockchain and for individuals who no longer must rely on the traditional financial system i mean certainly if we can come out of this crazy situation more financially independent that will definitely be a positive yeah. um, but of course that has nothing to do with the great reset it's just that this is the uh the S-storm that is going on right now while cryptocurrency still mm. is maturing. I mean, it's still just a brand new thing. It is barely mm. uh, basically, it's still just a child as far as the, the world of crypto or the, the world of mm. currency is concerned. Think about how long gold and silver oh, yeah. and money, uh, and, you know. And, it, and it, that might in and of itself be the reason that they're doing this now because if, to try to st- Stuff uh, it out in its well crib. to try to stuff it out and also to try to uh, to try to rob us all as much as they can while we're still using dollars their money What's, because once we've escaped from their monetary system they can't they make can't us put it poor. back in that's true what's the what's the market for cryptos right now uh, the market. You mean like the market cap? Yeah, like the amount of uh, yeah. total billions in yeah, market cap. I, I I don't think it's actually that particularly large no it's not um, i mean it's, it's like the size of a large billion or something uh no it's actually larger than that right yeah, now the total market cap according to coinmarketcap.com is 360 billion okay so it's yeah. basically like two of the richest people in the world yeah something like yeah that. so it's, or a, li- mm. a really large company yeah mm-hmm. or two right that's it uh so mm. let me continue just, just to give you a comparison the united states government spends something like three trillion 
in an average year, although they and kicked out an extra $3 trillion yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the Great Three Reset, he says, as we find ourselves in a digital and technological revolution hastened by the Great Lockdown, we as an industry, and that's another term that the World Economic Forum apparently was using. They're calling this the Great Lockdown. They're having a great one. I'm mm-hmm. not enjoying mine at all. No. <laughs> and we as an industry cannot underestimate the implications of a crisis that has only just begun. We must now change our mindsets in order to properly bear witness to the Great Reset and turn it into the Great Awakening. This that's- sounds like a piece of religious nonsense. I'm waiting for them to start babbling on about, <laughs> you know, demons in, in, in volcanoes or something like Scientology. He says that's how we come out stronger on the other side. I mean, so far I don't disagree with him on this. I mean, he's identifying the problem, which is these big power brokers, the Great Reset, this whole concept, and he's Mm. saying, you know, the cryptocurrency world is a solution here. This is something that that Mm. can protect us. And... Uh, and I like the idea of a of an awakening. I like the idea of people, you know, paying attention for once to yeah, what's going on around one. them. I, yeah, mm. I understand. I mean, it's not it, likely people yeah, are asleep. It's you know, well, not all people are asleep. Some it, people are awake. Some people are 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 asleep, and some people are waking up. You know, there's there's always the marginal case. Not everybody's in the same place. 855-454. I know you had a comment, Chris. We'll continue here uh, in a moment with your calls and thoughts. Also, welcome on the so-called Great Reset. If you want to weigh in, you're welcome to do that or bring up whatever's on your mind. Plus, coming up, file sharing. We're going to get into uh, some interesting news about that that uh, Chris has to share. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. All you got to do is dial in toll-free to bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about a concept that came up on the show last night. It's called the Great Reset. And if that sounds like a central planner's wet dream, well, you're right. Yeah, if they want to make themselves rich, that's the easiest way to do it. It's exactly what they're describing. Just force every single country into some new economic system mm. that's come up with, cooked up by the people at the top, which of course will yeah. be all about benefiting them while claiming to help the little guy. Yeah, it's these scumbags calling the shots. Wow. Yep, so we're going to continue with a little bit more about that and how maybe cryptocurrency can be a counter to this. Uh, we'll uh, continue, but also speaking of cryptocurrency, check out Bitcoin.com. Uh, ran into somebody here in town I hadn't seen in years, and he asked me what I was up to, and I told him Bitcoin, and he was like, oh, you know, I haven't taken the time to really dive deep into that yet. And I'm like, well, you can dive as deep as you want, but you should probably start looking at it sooner Rather than later, go to Bitcoin.com and you can get started there. If you're brand new to crypto, it's a great place to learn the basics about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Head on over to Bitcoin.com to do that. Also, if you're not uh, brand new to crypto and you want to get some of the latest news headlines, go to News.Bitcoin.com. They do a pretty good job of following the world of crypto over there. That's News.Bitcoin.com. Now, we're over at uh, Cointelegraph.com. Here is the, uh, one of their authors, Rahul Milhado, is writing about the so-called Great Reset. 
and what role cryptocurrency might have as a decentralizing force to counter uh, this massive plan to centralize, which we don't even know the, the beginning of yet because the World Economic Forum that cooked up this idea is still working on it, and they're going to be releasing more information in about six months. Well, they keep that stuff on a need-to-know basis, and we, we don't, don't need, need to, to know. know. Mm-hmm. We, we don't think at a level where where we can consider our own future yeah i mean the dangers of this is well what happens when we don't agree right you know mm-hmm. um they're well, effectively they kill us. they're effectively declaring war on the people well they might put you in a re-education camp first mm. i think they'd be better off killing me. <laughs> i think i'll re-educate them before they re-educate me oh, right. it's hard I to teach so, an old dog new tricks i so wish more people you know before they took their own life would focus on fixing the problem in other ways yeah unfortunately Ooh, um, a lot of people are going to be taking their own lives here there's um, no large numbers of people that uh, well, it was, i think one out of four millennials or something like that have been considering suicide in uh, in recent months so we're seeing a lot of self-destruction mm-hmm. uh, and out there. we're not even seeing the beginning of no. it yet people haven't even started getting evicted in mass yet. right because there's right. prohibitions in place preventing mass evictions at the moment. There's still, uh, you know, people just got off the welfare. And so we're going to see more businesses likely fail before the end of the year. It's going to be, it's likely going to be a pretty ugly holiday season. I think a lot of businesses are probably going to, you know, be going under. We already saw hundreds, apparently, of businesses here in just New Hampshire, where we're located, mm. a relatively small state, according to Yelp statistics, have shuttered permanently in just wow. the last five or six months. Yeah, I can think of a few in Keene alone that have recently shuttered yep uh so we'll talk a little bit more about that but first let's go to chris he's in nevada chris listening online at freetalklive.com go ahead hello i got a question is mark is hello yeah uh, wow you hung up before you even said the f word which you were probably about to do because i think <laughs> that same guy called last night uh I, I didn't hang up on him he apparently disconnected his lo- own line he was so excited about Getting to curse wow. on the radio. You could even hear it. You could even hear <laughs> yeah, the hang he up was... like it was him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So the... Uh... At least we're blessed in the stupidity of our enemies. <laughs> yeah. Let me go on here with a little bit more about this great reset. Uh, you're missing that button, by the way. You weren't pressing it far enough. Yeah, so as we find ourselves in a digital and technological revolution hastened by the great lockdown, we as an industry... Is What's to... so great about it? That's just what they're calling it. They in the World Economic Forum, great as in large, I think, uh, oh, wide, okay. wide encompassing. Mm. We as a industry, they say, cannot underestimate the implications of this crisis that has only just begun. We'll need to reconsider everything, including money. We must ask ourselves ask ourselves questions such as, what is this abstraction we call money? As an industry, for instance, we'll need to place less emphasis on price. We'll need to stop celebrating the development of central bank digital currencies as victories for cryptocurrency. Well, no one ever should have celebrated a central <laughs> bank digital currency as a victory for cryptocurrency. No, 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 no. It's We're not. supposed to be going in the opposite direction. It's to undermine uh, the banks and the government's control over the individual. Right. Well, there's a certain there's there's a few types of people that are involved in cryptocurrency, and there's some of them that are like us that appreciate decentralization, appreciate independence, uh, appreciate open source and competition and things like that. Then there's the people that want to appease the structure, the, the powers that be, the people that want to go and you know, cozy up to the Federal Reserve and cozy up to the governmental agencies of whatever government regulations might want to come down on them. And, uh, and they want to, you know, they want to appease uh, these people. 
So they want to get their place at the trough. That's right. The people <laughs> who are the appeasers, they're the ones who get excited by central banks developing digital currencies. They see it as like a victory for the idea of digital money, but in no way is it a victory for the idea of individual yeah, rights or crypto. They're they're a fan of the technology, not of what it, not the liberty, not the freedom that it uh, provides. Depending on how they do it, it may make it easier to get in and out of crypto, but it's uh, uh, I it. to be seen. <laughs> yeah, doubtful. Yeah, I have no optimism whatsoever for that because already it's difficult to get in and out of crypto using these bankers' systems and centrally controlled digital currency by the Federal Reserve. I don't think that's going to make it any better. Well, it, it depends on how competently how competently mm. they try to make it unusable. <laughs> he says, and he's right here. He says the fact is, central bank digital currencies are now being called CBDCs are not cryptocurrencies. They're more <laughs> like credit cards than cryptocurrency. It's a centrally controlled digital currency that actually gives banks even less involvement in the money system and the Federal Reserve even more. It puts more power uh, directly into to their hands, and it gives them total knowledge at all times over where every single one of their digital dollars is, unlike cash, where they don't know where it all is. They right. have no idea. And that's one of the things they don't like about cash. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, the founder, the creator of Bitcoin, the anonymous creator, we still don't know who he or she is, saw an economic dislocation like the Great Reset coming. He etched the now famous line into the Bitcoin network's Genesis block, which says, quote, The Times, 3rd Jan 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks, unquote. The 2008 financial crisis and consequent bailouts of too-big-to-fail banks had inspired Satoshi to release open source and peer-to-peer money. So it was the big economic you know, bailouts that encouraged Bitcoin to come out. Yeah. The root problem with conventional currency, Satoshi writing, the root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. He wrote, continuing, quote, the central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency. But the his- <laughs> they've proven they've, uh, they're incapable of that. Right. The history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. It's only down 96% <laughs> in the last 100 years. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the U.S. dollar, but of US course, dollar. all of the rest of them are also being printed at will, and they're I'm all especially down right now. Yeah, eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. News from news.bitcoin.com. Chinese banks limit customers' ability to buy gold. Chinese flooding and potential dam collapse threatens many Bitcoin operations. Withdrawals from crypto exchanges increase, indicating perhaps more people are holding their coin for themselves. Tentative agreement met to stabilize Bitcoin cash mining in conjunction with the currency's third birthday. Bitcoin.com is your source for getting started with cryptocurrencies, getting a wallet, buying Bitcoin cash, mining, and all the latest cryptocurrency news at news.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want right here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And from mid-March to mid-July of this year, Divi, which is a newer, easy-to-use cryptocurrency that we've been promoting here on Free Talk Live, increased in value by over 10 times. Now, of course, 
The folks behind Divi would love to see that price continue to go up, and anything is certainly possible in the future. Obviously, we can't predict what's going to happen, but so far, Free Talk Live's been pretty happy with our decision to hook up with Divi a year ago. You can go to DiviProject.org and begin earning Divi by starting a masternode or staking some Divi. And there's even a lottery for people who stake Divi as well. You can go to learn more and get started into Divi at DiviProject.org. D-I-V-I project.org we're talking about satoshi nakamoto weighing in the uh, the creator of bitcoin btc the original back in 2009 uh the thing that started the entire cryptocurrency evolution uh that has been going on here and they're comparing what satoshi wrote about the uh you know the the money system back in 2009 right on the uh, the the end or the beginning or wherever you want to say right around the the uh, the big bailout for all the banks that was was happening there, and he talks about the central banks and how they must not be trusted uh, regarding currency because they constantly violate that trust by printing more of it into existence and debasing the value of the existing amounts of it. He says banks must be trusted to hold our money and transfer it electronically, but they lend it out in waves of credit bubbles with barely a fraction in reserve. And now they've abolished the reserve requirement. You know, earlier this year. Wasn't wasn't the central bank supposed to be like unconstitutional or something weird like that? Wasn't there some sort of um, you know, thing with the founding of the country? I thought well, I don't know about that. I, and then I they did something later. In con- unconstitutional. Yeah, I don't know if it was the only constitutional, thing it really but it was something that- about constitution well it says a couple of things about money in the uh constitution you you could say the federal government is uh or i'm sorry the federal reserve is unconstitutional because the government does give congress not some outside agency uh the power to coin money and regulate the value thereof but isn't the federal reserve um, not coining money isn't that the treasury's job don't they and the mint don't they coin the money i don't believe so i don't think the treasury uh does still uh still do that and i think the mint mostly does like uh cuz the feds like don't make the recreational the federal, coins the federal reserve doesn't make the coinage do they i thought that was a the um, federal government that does that I'm maybe I'm, I'm actually I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. If you know more about it, please let us know. The toll-free number here is 855-450-free. Let's go to the phones. Chris is in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, um I honestly think that uh, Bitcoin and the Federal Reserve are honestly run by the same people, which are just a bunch of lying Jews. Wow, you're so creative. I, it's like I didn't know that was coming. Uh, Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. So, uh, yeah, Always that's... remember, it's better to keep your mouth shut and be thought stupid than to open it and prove it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So back to the story here from Cointelegraph, talking about this so-called Great Reset, which is being promoted by a bunch of power-mongering sickos in industry and government uh, that we're going to hear more about, sadly, over the next several months. But while world leaders open announced the Great Reset, imploring the world to trust their vision. They they paint a picture of a future, more centralized world. Contrarily, Satoshi stressed the importance of decentralization, writing, quote, A lot of people automatically dismiss e-currency as a lost cause because of all the companies that failed since the 1990s. He continued, writing, I hope it's obvious it was only the centrally controlled nature of those systems that doomed them. I think this is the first time we're trying a decentralized, non-trust-based system. You know, this is interesting because if you actually look at, you know, the history of e-currencies 
Bitcoin actually is the only successful uh, e-currency, really. Mm-hmm. Um, all you well, it was the first. There have been many well, since. There's been there have it been companies that really attempted. The first, though, there were things like gold money. But he's saying successful. Long... Those things were all shut down by the government. Okay. Yeah, and also widespread, right? As well as there's also like web money and PayPal, and <laughs> now they're not they're not e currency. They're sort of they're pseudo e currencies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bitcoin is like the real the, the first real successful e currency as it well, was sure. envisioned in the '90s by crypto punks and things of that nature. Right, and with with regard to PayPal, that's nothing d- different. They're just taking the right. U.S. dollar and they're moving you know right. digital versions I mean, of the U.S. dollar the, around. The thing, the thing that PayPal did is that it allowed people to transfer money uh, electronically from one individual to another, potentially That's to some true. degree, in an easier way than banks had allowed up until that right, point. Right, right, right. So it's not to say that it, it wasn't an e currency, but it had some elements of what an e currency would eventually turn out to be, which effectively sure. is Bitcoin. But it wasn't a threat to the system, really. No, it wasn't. I mean, it because... might have made some banks mad, but ultimately to the Federal Reserve, right. it was not a threat. Absolutely not a threat. It's part of that system. Yeah. Whereas these other things, the gold money, the Liberty Dollar, you know, some of these alternatives, uh, e-gold, I think, was, was one of them, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. These things were competitors to the status quo, and they were all targeted for takedown. Uh, from, from If I recall correctly, I don't think any of them exist uh, anymore at I this point. I think gold money is still out there. Is that there. right? Yeah. Uh, what is that exactly? Um, I believe it's uh, basically you you deposit gold in a vent in mm-hmm. a, in a uh, in an account, um, and it is centralized. But you you deposit a gold in an account, and then more or less write checks against it. I see. Huh. So a lot of these things were taken down, and that's what Satoshi Nakamoto is referring to here, and that his was the first decentralized non-trust-based system that's one of the big things that that uh, bitcoin changed about money uh, it is something where you don't have to trust because you can verify because the uh, the code itself is open anyone can go in there and they can audit and they can copy and they can you know make their own version of this thing if they don't like bitcoin they can create and, another you know, thing. It's so awesome because not only is is that true, but there's also competition in the marketplace. Now, I will say that that does kind of complicate things a little bit. But if people don't like Bitcoin because the people behind Bitcoin, you know, decide to do things that are malicious or, you know, just not progress, you know, technologically speaking. Right. Well, guess what? Because the sources are available. We now have other cryptocurrencies like Monero and Dash and Bitcoin Cash and so on. And a robust level of competition. Right. So much that it's actually overwhelming because you couldn't possibly go and audit and learn about the thousands of different crypto. No one has enough time uh, to actually figure out which ones are the the best. It's just you might as well throw a dart up at a dartboard. Yeah. Uh, Although some of them are pretty interesting. Like you mentioned Monero, for instance, which is the first kind of real privacy coin uh, with total privacy all the time so kudos to to them in fact some people uh, believe that the founder of monero or the the creator of that was actually also satoshi nakamoto or at the very least whoever it was that wrote monero was smart enough to try to sound like satoshi Mm because like there's some of the writing styles i guess some people have have analyzed it i think i've heard of the similarities uh, uh, between them but that could have just been a choice right that could have been something that the 
person Could did be. on purpose. Uh, Satoshi believed peer-to-peer solutions and decentralization gave people back their freedom. He thought decentralization was a poignant answer to centralization and monopolies. And he wrote more, quote, You will not find a solution to political problems in crypto- cryptography. Yes, but we can win a major battle in the arms race and gain a new territory of freedom for several years. He said governments are good at cutting off the heads of centrally controlled networks like Napster, but pure P2P, meaning peer-to-peer, networks like Nutella and Tor seem to be holding their own. In fact, we'll talk about one of those networks uh, coming up here in a little bit. LimeWire is uh, back in the news. But for how many years can we hold this new territory of freedom depends entirely on how well the cryptocurrency industry adapts to the Great Reset. People have only just begun to lose their livelihoods, says Cointelegraph. That is, their businesses, jobs, and so on, as a result of, quote, the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Unquote. We've seen increased digitization in 2020, and from artificial intelligence to blockchain to distributed ledgers, the Great Reset will only hasten this trend as the lockdown hastens similar trends. As central banks create their own digital currencies, the cryptocurrency industry is building its own digital economy, too. After PC World published an article commenting on WikiLeaks's adoption of Bitcoin to circumvent a financial blockade against whistleblower organizations, uh, Satoshi wrote, quote, It would have been nice to get this attention in any other context. WikiLeaks has kicked the hornet's nest and the swarm is headed towards us. 855, 450, free like freedom. If you want to join us, you can comment on the so-called Great Reset or whatever's on your mind. Plus, coming up, we'll talk about the return of LimeWire in... This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We got the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open and available to you at discord.lrn.fm. You can jump into one of those and sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us tonight. That includes me, Ian. And nobody. And Chris. Also, thanks to C and J Bartholomew, who are Free Talk Live Gold Amplifiers. They are contributing ten bucks a month to the Free Talk Live AMP program to help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live to get this show and the ideas of freedom and peace and cryptocurrency on as many radio stations as possible. We've got over 190 stations. I think we're at around 195 right now. We can hit 300. It is possible. It just takes time. It takes money. It takes effort. And that's what the AMP program helps us do. So thank you to C&J Bartholomew for making that possible for us and for all the other folks who AMP the show. And those who have AMP the show in the past, we obviously would love to have you back. Go to amp.freetalklive.com or if you're going for the very first time, we appreciate that too. amp.freetalklive.com you get some cool perks. You can sign up with credit card, debit card, PayPal, and also Bitcoin BTC at ampamp.freetalklive.com. In fact, that's what we've been talking about here is Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and getting some important quotes from Satoshi Nakamoto as he sort of previously in you know a decade ago had said things that are still relevant uh, to today, even though Satoshi and I said he, I don't know, maybe it's a she, we don't know. But even though Satoshi Nakamoto disappeared from public view just, uh, what, two or three years after releasing Bitcoin? When was it? 2012, 2011, something like that, when he uh, just disappeared completely? I, I, I think he disappeared before I ever heard of it. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so they point out here that 
the so-called Great Reset is coming. That's what these business and government goons are going to start trying to shove down people's throats. And they've already started it. I mean, you can see the evidence of the crazy changes that are surrounding us all over the place. In fact, just in the news today, uh, Delta Airlines has banned a Navy SEAL from their entire company. He's not allowed to travel on Delta Airlines anymore. And why is that? He's a former Navy SEAL. His name's Robert O'Neill. He's from, uh, I guess, he was from the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. I thought they were all dead. No, apparently not yet. Uh, He was banned by Delta Airlines on Thursday for refusing to wear a mask on a flight the day before. And according to Business Insider... Robert O'Neill says he fired the shot that killed bin Laden during the 2011 raid, was on board a flight on Wednesday when he tweeted a selfie with the caption, I'm not a... And I guess, well, we could, we've said it before on the air, but <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm going to say it I taught right it now. to a putty tag. Yeah. Unlike a fellow passenger in a U.S. Marine Corps hat and a flight attendant, attendant visible in the photo, O'Neill was not wearing a mask. <gasps> Delta requires passengers to wear masks in the airport and on all flights unless they are quickly eating or drinking. The airline also said it would ban passengers who refuse to wear the face coverings. Mr. O'Neill says he has been since banned by a Delta spokesperson uh, since then. So Delta said this, quote, part of every customer's commitment prior to traveling on Delta is the requirement to acknowledge our updated travel policies, which includes wearing a mask, said their spokesperson. Failure to comply with our mask-wearing mandate can result in losing the ability to fly Delta in the future. The recent uh, or the airline recently strengthened its mass policy requiring anyone claiming a medical exemption to consult with a Delta contracted telehealth medical professional before boarding. So there are a couple of airlines out there who have completely prohibited medical excuses, uh, including American Airlines, apparently, and Southwest Airlines. And Delta is going to make you meet with their doctor before they're going to let you on one of their flights. If you're mm. using a medical exemption, the airline said, "This is why I don't fly." Yeah, I'm I'm done with it. I mean, unless I can actually fly free-ish, meaning I don't have to, you know, be one of these mask surfs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not flying, but um, I would fly. I, you know, I <laughs> my main thing is actually not this, but the um, the whole ID thing that's coming, and they they deleted it another year. Oh, you mean real ID? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was supposed really. to go into effect October of this year. Yeah, it's apparently not going to happen. It's going to be another year extended. So. And as you point out, it's another year because they've delayed yeah. it and delayed it and delayed it and delayed it, and every time there's a new excuse for it. Now it's COVID is yeah. why they're delaying it. Yeah, right? I, I, I've been I've been like waiting for it, you know, uh, just just so I could go. And you without ID and test it out and, and yeah and be like hey yeah my ID is not you know real ID compliant. The mm. airline uh, strengthened their mask policy again, requiring a consultation with a telehealth medical professional that works for Delta. They said this in their statement when they announced their new plan: "Quote any false claims of a disability or health condition to obtain an exemption from wearing a mask or face covering may result in the suspension of travel privileges on any Delta flight." For the duration of the mask slash face covering requirement, said the airline, they have already banned more than 100 people for refusing to comply with the mask requirement. Ooh. Quote, if you board the plane and you insist on not wearing your mask, we will insist you don't fly Delta, they said. Hmm. 
So there you go. So don't get a round trip ticket if mm. you plan to uh, yeah. not wear the mask. Well, in some cases, they won't even, like, they won't take off. Right? Well, so, presumably, you don't take the mask off until after they've gotten into the air and then yeah. you refuse. But Well, this guy was just sitting in the, you know, on the flight. He took a picture of himself, tweeted it out, and right. then Delta banned him for life. That's just That's absolutely insane. You know, you'd think they're already doing terribly the airlines. They wouldn't right. want to be banning think people they'd for want life. Some more customers. It's like you think they would ban them for like at least the duration of COVID, maybe, but like not mm-hmm. for life. Like that just is so counterintuitive. Uh, it's all signaling. I guess he didn't get their seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all signaling they want to show how oh, obedient they are to this mask thing because they are like their you know corporate requirements they are very government I, obedient and they'll do you know they're part of this yeah so like i can i can maybe well, I understand taken in more more money in government handouts than they have in fares yeah in the last five months yeah i can understand the logic that's being used here uh to ban people but what i don't understand the logic of is you know just this idea that it would be you know uh, for life like like what's the point of that right like what's what's the benefit to you um somebody was on a flight recently and said that they had like packed the entire the, the flight was almost empty oh, right there were like 15 people on yeah, the flight yeah. but they were all seated in the same few rows of seats at the very back of the airplane and the rest of the airplane yeah. was was completely empty yep yep did they do that by choice or no apparently it was it was the airline that seated them in that fashion for whatever reason because that's that's weird i've always like if i'm in a half empty plane i i'll move to another seat if i don't feel okay so i think i have an explanation for this i i think and i and i haven't read this anywhere or so so it's like i don't know for sure but Mm -hmm. i think what they're trying to do is and I, I think I have read a little bit about it, I guess, but not much. Um, but I think what they're trying to do is effectively um, charge you for because these planes are are basically flying so empty. They want people to pay for extra seats um, or something to that effect. So mm-hmm. if you don't pay for extra seats, that's why they're they're pushing everybody together um, to try and like you know say hey, if you don't want to get infected, you know, pay more. So let's talk tech, uh, wow. technology here, uh, Chris. You've got a story about a company that what was it like? Two decades ago, had this there like fifteen years ago, had this thing called LimeWire, and it was a file sharing uh, system where you could go, if I recall correctly, and you could search the system. You know, you want to find the latest Metallica CD, which of course they hated uh, when you did that, but you know, you could just search for it, and then multiple people might be sharing that file, and you could download it. Yeah, yeah. So LimeWire is, you know, I mean, it was one of the major, major, major uh file sharing networks you know post to napster uh that came out and it was actually around for quite a long time and there was there was a even after limewire was shut down uh there was actually another um Nutella. fork of limewire basically because the sources were available and I'm, I'm trying to think of what the name of it was but at the moment i'm, I'm at a loss but anyway yeah so and it basically limewire was shut down because of and I believe, don't quote me on this, it's been like, as you say, 15 years or so, I think. Um, but they were basically shut down, not because they were promoting their software for piracy or anything of that nature, or mm-hmm. because they were uploading or pirating or involved in piracy. Um, but they were, I believe, shut down because they at one point had a some sort of like advertisement on their website about how you can download music. And that one of the songs that I guess they were promoting, what they they knew or they should have known is what the court ruled um, was not legally available on the LimeWire 
network, so huh. to speak. So even though so they, they were, were distributing it, they were promoting in their advertisement the fact that Song X could be downloaded through their system. Right, right. Which was not a legal download. Right, mm-hmm. and it, because it was such a major song, I guess they should have known, you know, that it wasn't legally available because uh, you know, no, it doesn't. They didn't have MP3s at the time, I guess, of the song or something. They didn't sell them online. Like Let's that. continue because uh, apparently LimeWire is coming back. And you've got, or under a different name. Something like that. You've got the story about that on the way here. Our number is 855-450-FREE+. In uh, court-related news, we've got a sentence in the Lori Laughlin College case. Moose is the German Shepherd, now 11, and he's been an amazing dog. Moose is so active and so alert and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has a beautiful coat, and at 11, he'll still run and chase the ball. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. Dynavite for life. Because if they're getting all their vitamins, micronutrients, microbials from the beginning, then you're not going to run into the problems associated with the grass, pollen, dust, dirt, fleas, ticks, you name it, and the itching and shedding down the road. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the second hour of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Coming up, the latest on the college scandal. Remember that story from last year where the uh, lady from Full House... One of the stars of Full House, Lori Laughlin, she's she's been facing years in prison because they like set up their daughters to go to college and got like special treatment. Oh, Remember that? Remember that story? Yeah. They're being sentenced now. She ended up taking a guilty plea after initially going with not guilty. We'll tell you about that uh, coming up here in a little bit. But we're talking about uh, on the technology side of things right now. Chris, you've got this story about maybe the return of LimeWire, which was a very, uh, very popular file sharing system in the aughts apparently they were ruled against in 2010 so it actually went a little longer than than i recalled it was october 26th of 2010 according to this uh, wikipedia entry on limewire federal court judge kimball wood issued an injunction ordering limewire to prevent quote the searching downloading uploading file trading and or file distribution functionality and or all functionality of its software so basically a court order shutting it down completely after uh, some, well, you were telling us about sort of the past and what led to that, where an advertisement that apparently they had purchased on wherever it was had featured a song and advertised to the viewer that they could download said song, which was copyrighted. Yeah, so apparently they had said some, they had some sort of advertisement which was probably shown for who knows how many days, you know, probably a handful of days, and that's what they used to basically, you know, sink the deal and shut them down. It was so ridiculous. Um, but 
that's that's that is the that is what happened as I recall it. And if I'm wrong, well, you know, <laughs> I could be, but um, I know there was definitely a uh, file sharing network like, and I'm pretty sure it was LimeWire. Um, but there's been other there's been other I don't want to say file sharing, um, but so, well, I guess they're file sh- sort of file sharing, just not file sharing software uh, websites that also have been shut down for some pretty insane reasons like that. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers mp3.com, mm-hmm. but um, oh, yeah. there was a Michael Robertson, uh, the founder of mp3.com, sold that domain name back in the day. And a company, it's a good domain name. Yeah, it is. Um, a company that he founded years later um, was MP3 Tunes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, nobody's ever heard of this, but he basically. He, you may even be able to give him credit for inventing um, file lockers. Um, What's a file a locker? File locker. It's terminology that I don't know that anybody uses, but basically, what it is is it allows you to upload um, MP3s to a website and then potentially maybe share them um, or at least have them for yourself. So it would be is file locker like a previous term for the cloud yeah because it sounds yes, like exactly what people do exactly with their cloud. yeah and there's um like if you wanted to back up files things like that it's basically mm-hmm. that's all it is yeah and they got shut so down dropbox or something like that yeah exactly dropbox is probably mm-hmm. something that came after um or is very similar to basically what this is but it was it was expe- explicitly for music gotcha anyway okay. and so they basically got that shut down and that went on for 10 years in the courts um but ultimately the the ridiculousness of this this ruling was effectively that because one of the developers had ripped a uh song from his own personal cd and uploaded it to one of his music his his own personal music locker Mm -hmm. the whole company was liable or something to that effect now which company was this you're talking this was mp3 tunes okay okay which is not the same as the LimeWire company. It's not. It's okay. not. But it's just a similar circumstance. It's a sim- similar type of case where they they make these ridiculous, you know, uh, connections, and then all of a sudden these companies go down mm-hmm. on the flimsiest of grounds. And so LimeWire was, you know, basically a similar sort of situation. Um, so the other, I did think of the the uh, that other software that kept going even after LimeWire was shut down and it was called FrostWire but basically it was a fork of LimeWire but even after LimeWire got shut down they didn't actually control um they didn't control everything so the forks continued to work and even LimeWire continued to work if you had a if you had if you had, I think it, it had any version prior to the last version it continued to work yeah that's what the uh, the wikipedia article was saying here that anything prior to version uh 5.5.10 is fully functional yeah so so i guess i guess it theoretically um if you have if you still have it today it might still even work but so how are they do, how do they do that with i mean without getting too technical if you can't answer it without getting too technical that's fine but didn't they have to have some sort of centralized database to search in order for the search function to work if so how do how do the previous versions of this program continue to function or was the search decentralized with um LimeWire? Uh, yeah, I want to say Nautilus. It's not Nautilus. Uh, Nutella, I think, is what they called it. Um, but um, that's basically the protocol. And I think that was completely decentralized. I don't think there was any bootstrapping servers um, because if if there had been bootstrapping servers, those servers would have been shut down with right. LimeWire. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, so it continued. And given the fact that I recall that it continued to work even after LimeWire was shut down, um, yeah, it, it, it must was. Be a decentralized it, it was. Then fully decentralized um, or at least decentralized enough where the shutdown of LimeWire did not result in the stoppage of the ability of those who had 
uh, LimeWire or you know, whoever's, FrostWire. Whoever's making some of these, uh, you know, there's other software out there these days that are kind of media-related, like Library, LBRY.com. There's, there's a search there, but isn't that great? Uh, mm-hmm. From from what I've seen, yeah, and there's also oh god, I was just thinking of another one, and it, it just skipped my mind. But the there, library search, I'm told, is actually semi-intentionally a bad search, really, in that he doesn't want to have a centralized search function. He wants mm-hmm. to have um, a bunch of different en- search engines out there, mm-hmm. but right now there aren't, so he has to provide something. It's, it's also a centralized search, if I recall correctly. So it's not library. Yeah, okay. it's not it's not decentralized the search part of it. Um, now, maybe what about Open Bazaar? That's the other one I was thinking of because that's also seems like not the not the best search. Yeah, mm. I, I don't decentralized. I don't well. know if Open Bazaar is fully decentralized or just mostly decentralized. It may still have a bootstrapping server, so that doesn't necessarily mean that they have any control over the network. But they no. do yeah. have you do have to connect to a server initially in order to find other nodes, mm-hmm. and then those other nodes will tell you about you know all the different nodes in the network so there's not really any control by operating the bootstrapping server other than being able to shut down the ability of people to you know connect with each other maybe gotcha all right so what's going on now so, with limewire what's the latest yeah so this is a story from torrent freak and the limewire so the title of the story is limewire developer creates muwire an anonymous file sharing application spell that m u w i r e okay gotcha and it, you know it, it's what's qu- quite interesting is that apparently the limewire developers still had control over the limewire domain name mm-hmm. and i did not realize that now in more recent years um probably like the last 10 years or so the entertainment industry the cartels um the copyright cartels they tend to like to take the domain names from people uh get a judge's or, order and you know companies snatch it right they'll snatch it from you mm-hmm. um and then they'll redirect it so the the people if you if you write something and somebody finds it's infringing or whatever uh you know they take it and you can't you can't do this like anymore but what's interesting about this is limeware went out of business and yet the people who were behind it still managed to maintain control over the domain name. Hmm. So LimeWire.com is now redirecting yeah. apparently to MewWire's uh, new website. Sure is. So yeah, using so I2P technology. Interesting. I2P technology. No, I don't know. So I think I2P is actually wasn't that uh, one of the, the Tor competitors? This developer. Um, to our competitors, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, I2P, this well, this developer is actually one of the developers behind I2P as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I guess he went to work on that after having worked for LimeWire. And uh, so this is kind of it's kind of a interesting, very interesting guy. I, I'm not I wasn't familiar with him really that, you know, I wasn't intimately familiar with. You know, yeah, his background I, I love these this, guys but. because they don't give up. Right. You know, it's like yeah. you've had a federal court come down on you, shut down and destroy your entire business and you redouble your efforts. You make the privacy even better. Uh, you, it's very interesting. We'll continue here uh, in just a moment. The toll free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here 
Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about the newest release of a program that's been rebranded and maybe changed around a little bit, uh, but some may remember as being called LimeWire from about 15 or so years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, my my understanding of it is is it's not LimeWire. It's a new program. It's a new totally file sharing. New. Yeah, two, okay. no, totally new file sharing program. But it but is the same the, guy. same One of the same developers mm-hmm. that worked on LimeWire back in the day. And, and there were a lot of developers that worked on LimeWire. It wasn't just mm-hmm. one guy. But, but this guy has the web URL. This guy has access to the domain name. LimeWire.com, mm-hmm. which forwards you to MooWire, M-U or MewWire.com. Yeah, so initially the site informed users about the court order and urged people to remove the software from their computers. So apparently there was some sort of agreement where they would tell users that the software you're using is basically illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, So they did get them to do something, but they still retain control over the domain name, which is Mm. interesting. If you have downloaded LimeWire software in the past... Files on your personal computers containing private or sensitive information may have been inadvertently inadvertently shared, and you should use your best efforts to remove the software from your computers, it read. (laughs) So it basically tried to scare people into – so I guess it doesn't even say illegal, but um, it tried to scare people into – Uninstalling the software. Uninstalling the software, and obviously, you know, just based off that description, you know, and knowing uh, all of what was going on in the courts – it was obvious that this was some sort of, um, you know, phrase that was agreed to in the, oh, yeah, the court conditions, right? Of, I mean, it's of like the settlement. It's like the videos of the hostages where they've got a gun to the back of their head and they're talking about how wonderful their captors are. Mm. Right, right, right. As time passed, LimeWire... Well, that's a lot quicker than Stockholm Syndrome. That takes time. <laughs> right? Yeah. As time passed, LimeWire became a distant memory for many people, but not everyone has forgotten about it. In fact, two former LimeWire developers came up with a plan to resurrect it last hmm. year. Resurrecting LimeWire. By the way, b- before you go on, the the Wikipedia article says that there have been alternative versions of LimeWire that have been released, including a, one called WireShare, that I guess at one time was called LimeWire Pirate Edition. Yes, I that, remember that. They decided yeah, nice. that that wasn't a good name for you know <laughs> for things, so they changed it to uh, to WireShare, which apparently was released as a uh, stable release as of February of this year. No so way. Still they're, still, they're still they're uh, still so. Th- yeah. And this is Did the they thing. They use the same t- uh, protocol as as BitTorrent. Or a similar protocol? So Do they interoperate? I, so I know Frostwire did eventually switch over to the BitTorrent protocol. I don't know about you know this wire, um, this other this other fork of LimeWire. Mm-hmm. Um, it may or may not be still using the original uh, Nutella. I want to say Nutella. I don't think I'm saying Nutella, that right. Nutella. Yeah. Is it Nutella? G N U T. Yeah. It's, it's like the. It was like a new uh, file sharing project. Um, or the GNU clone of Was there uh, a connection Wire. to? I don't remember there ever being a connection to GNU. I, I mean, I, oh, I I thought they GNU were a new is, project. It does sound like it, but I don't. But I might so, have just assumed that based you on guys their are name. A little too okay, GNU, GNU, GNU is, is what stands for GNU's not Unix, and it's it's basically Linux. GNU um, mm-hmm. uh, or a part of the the GNU Linux um, operating system. Um, for those who are not, familiar. so the LimeWire Pirate Edition was created two days after LimeWire was shut down by the RIAA. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take long. LimeWire well, LLC said at the time, "quote We are not behind." 
behind these efforts. LimeWire does not authorize them. LimeWire is complying with the court's October 26, well, 2010 injunction. And, and the crazy thing is, LimeWire wasn't actually declared to be illegal. It was it was the like advertising effectively. Mm-hmm. So so there was technically nothing that they didn't they, they had no power to shut mm-hmm. down FrostWire. And so FrostWire mm-hmm. continued to operate for years and years after LimeWire was shut mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Um, How do you shut down an open source project? You, I mean, Anybody it's very who difficult. has the I mean, source yeah. code, it's, it's, you it, can't it, put that cat back in the bag. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still to this day there's forks of. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do you do you guys are you guys familiar with uh, uh, some of the the I think what is it? I think it's like a stream more of a streaming kind of Netflix. Uh, Oh, the popcorn thing. popcorn time. Yeah. yeah, even though they shut popcorn down, which was which was open free software, open source. Yeah, um, it, it continues to live on, and mm-hmm. it's been shut down again and again and <laughs> again and again. What is it? Um, popcorn time. It's, it's torrent based. I yeah, think. it's um, it is torrent based. It's basically it's it's it allows you to stream torrents like Somebody, videos. Th- th- but, I never used the program, but we talked about it. I think you might have been on the show and we talked about it in the past. Yeah. But um, it's like a fancy torrent program, right? So your typical torrent mm. program for those who aren't familiar, it's just like a boring program that's you know pretty drab and it's not that interesting, right? Like it's just you click on a torrent, it shows you the download progress, and you know that's the program. Right. That's all. It you is. have to wait until it finishes download. Yeah. in order to watch the video the popcorn time is like a netflix looking kind of graphical user interface where it'll show you like if you're looking at jaws it'll show you the title of the or the like the poster of the movie right, right. it'll show you the description of of the movie and then you can click and you can start watching it in a relatively short order I don't, i'm not sure how long it has it to takes buffer a few for, seconds but, to start but, you know, but it basically it has to buffer it's yeah. got to download enough of the torrent in the beginning to and normally torrents sort of like download randomly or whatever but uh, here it must it must yeah. front load it's, it absolutely well, has yeah, to front load yeah and and oh, there's actually a, a lot of uh, torrent clients with uh, with streaming. You can do it in transmission. Sure, but so, this is designed to be used to where you don't know it's a torrent client. This is explicitly right. designed for piracy, as it's, opposed to other apps that stream video aren't necessarily explicitly designed for piracy. Yeah, this you open up and it's like, here's all the movies you can watch, right? And then right. you click on the movie and you watch it. I mean, that, that's what it's, it's designed mm. to be an easy to use torrent experience for people where they don't even know that what they're dealing with is torrents they just click on a movie and they watch it right right so it's probably it's the biggest Netflix, thing they basically. had to do there was build a consistent database that they could actually show you something good looking in because mm-hmm. one of the things that makes torrent torrent so irritating is just people throw whatever garbage they want so, to right. in the title you of the call thing it whatever they want yeah I, I think the way it works is it's basically just pulling the information from I, imdb so internet movie probably. database yeah um yeah. Or similar and and then um it just does like a google search for the images to pull to right. pull an image up or something of that nature it's probably pretty easy um yeah mm-hmm. so it's 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 kind of how a lot of different uh you know tv streaming applications kind of work they're they're pulling in information yeah, I, I actually wrote something like that a, a cd ripper called giles that would uh, uh, basically it went to IMDb and it, and it downloaded all the so- all the track titles, mm. so I always got them right. Right, right, right. Um, it's actually kind of a weak spot too, potentially, if you're going to target a you know a, 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 an application potentially, um, if you have control over the source of that information, um, if you can if you can add a key, for example, before an application can access that uh, that information, um, and it's of course not you know downloaded to some third party site, then um, you could potentially shut off the 
you know, ability for the application to download the description. Is the, the IMDb the uh, centralized or decentralized? Yeah. Oh, IMDb centralized. is centralized. Um, it's the, it's so an the, old website. Yeah, it's a very old website, mm-hmm. and it's got the data, the descriptions, and movie posters, and all sorts of other things. But um, if unless you have a copy of that database, basically, which you know, I don't know, I don't know if somebody, I don't know, I guess you could probably just there's rip a paid it. access to the site. You can, right. you can pay for a certain level of access, and I bet that's the way you could easily rip it. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't ever looked into it myself. Toll free so. number tonight. If you want to join us, you know, we don't have to talk tech. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. But we're talking about file sharing, which is something that no matter how hard they try, they just can't stamp it out. <laughs> uh, the toll free mm-hmm. number is 855-450 free like freedom, and you can join us here. And also, since we're talking about Hollywood-related stuff, we got the latest on the Lori Laughlin case, the actress from Full House. She's going to prison. We'll tell you for how long. Uh, coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Divi's been a pretty good investment for Free Talk Live. Their ad campaign started in September 2019, and from mid-March to mid-July, the values soared by 10 times. It's not too late. Divi's new wallet hasn't even released yet, and other things are happening that I can't even say on the radio. If you want to invest and potentially do well, go to DiviProject.org. I can tell you that FTL is deepening its partnership with the guys from DiviProject.org. Past performance is not an indication of future profit. DiviProject.org. D-I-V-I Project.org. Free Talk Live. We invite you to join us here. Toll-free number. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. That may be my headphones that are dropping out there. Uh, So anyway, welcome back to Free Talk Live. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And of course, we invite you to take control of the airwaves. We've been talking about uh, technology and file sharing. I got to mention this. You just said it's costing $3.00. To send an, an Ethereum transaction these Yeah, days? the Ethereum transactions have been uh, expensive recently as well. Were you buying like a crypto kitty or something? No, or? no, no, no. <laughs> Moving around uh, some stable coins. Okay. Wow. Yep. And, uh, I mean, was it... God, that... Ethereum's I, all... F- I, I do not understand how people are paying $3 for cryptocurrency transactions when there are coins out there that'll do the same damn thing for a fraction of a penny. Unfortunately, nobody, most of the noteworthy stable coins are on the Ethereum platform. Uh, we're starting to see some of them pop up on other uh, crypto mm-hmm. platforms, such as I think Tether now exists on... Oh, Tether God. actually started out intertwined with the Bitcoin, Bitcoin. blockchain. Yeah. Um, Which, tethers added, I don't know how they do that. Some how they did that. Someday I'm going to have to read the code. They have added several other cryptos. I think there's actually a tether on Bitcoin Cash as well now mm-hmm. uh, for the for the U.S. dollar. But how popular that is, I I don't know. I've not I've not researched that. But most of them, whether it be uh, USDT, USDC, Pax. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these big crypto uh, stable coins, which for listeners that aren't familiar, stablecoin is a crypto token that is tied to the value of a dollar or in some cases other currencies. So the British pound or the you know Japanese yen or whatever, or is it, is it yen in Japan? Yeah, I think yes. it's yeah. Japan. So th- those are what a, a stable coin is. And they most of them were built on the Ethereum blockchain because Ethereum, for listeners, again, who aren't familiar, Ethereum is the number two. Did you mention silver and gold? 
That also can be. A stable I think coin. they're going to be the most important stable yeah. coins. That also can <laughs> that can, can liquefy your precious metal. That's a pewter, pretty beautiful thing. Peter Schiff should love that idea. It is, uh, but unfortunately, when the fees are as high as they are, it makes it prohibitively expensive to send small amounts, and yeah. so that's uh, it's a downside. Well, I'm this. guessing that uh, from what I've seen of the intercoin technology, they're they're not going to have much problem with that, and they're okay. also built on. Built to host stable coins. That's true. Uh, Ravencoin, I think, is another one that has yeah. uh, has crypto tokens on it. Yeah, Stellar's built for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I there's, some, there's definitely some stable coins on Stellar. I haven't used the Stellar network much. I haven't figured out. So uh, we got uh, tech. Yeah, we're doing a little tech talk here with the file sharing world, specifically LimeWire, which was a thing back in the last decade, I guess two decades ago now almost. 15 years uh, ago. Yeah, 15 plus years ago, and was ordered by a court to shut down in 2010. But fans have continued to operate forks of the software the entire time. And now an original programmer is back into it with a new piece of software called MewWire. And uh, I suppose you have a little more to say about it here, Chris, but hold that thought. Sure. Is it open source? I yes yes it is I'm reading the nice. website right now. Uh, then it's worth paying attention to. Yep, uh, open source, free, and no bundled ads. He says so. Nice. Mike in Colorado is with us though. Here you're on Free Talk Live and you're listening on our Discord server. Go ahead, Mike. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank Hi. you so much for taking my call. It means a lot. Um, That's what we do. It's and okay. I just had yeah, <laughs> I uh, I just had a comment. Actually, it's not really tech related, but an interesting okay. story. From last night, um, from the Democratic National Convention, I'm really, really? excited. There was something about actually point. interesting to you. Okay, let's hear about it because it looked boring as hell to me. <laughs> okay, well, I watched it, and um, I, I'm kind of surprised. Jesus. I mean, you didn't watch it, Ian, because you have a you know a pretty big show, and I mean, I'd <laughs> rather do almost anything than watch <laughs> right? the Democratic National Convention. I haven't watched it, watched any of that stuff since Ron Paul start, stopped. I, I always yeah. find it funny that how was people the last thing that expect. Was worth that you like listen to stuff that's political and yeah, it's like I don't care I, I literally block those people out because i don't care yeah. they're they don't say anything of value ever i'm i'm not going to watch the republican convention because that is just as bad to me as the democratic convention uh they're all awful yeah. i uh, the only reason right. i watched any of the libertarian one was just to see how bad it truly <laughs> was uh this year oh and that reminds me i was corrected by tom knapp i had said last night that the libertarian convention this year which was in may was the first ever online only convention and he corrected me that it was actually the boston tea party that had their online convention in the middle of the last decade i think it was like 06 or 08 or something like that is that still around i asked him that in a response in the email and i I have not checked to see if he's replied i suspect it's not but i don't know it's a good question so go ahead mike Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, interesting uh, thing on the DNC last night. Um, 14-year-old, or no, excuse me, 13-year-old uh, Braden Harrington, he has a speech impediment. He has a stuttering problem. Joe Biden actually found him at a campaign event in New Hampshire when he was going for the Democratic um, nomination. And he came up to Joe Biden and said, listen, I have a stuttering problem. I know you had a stuttering problem as a kid yourself. And Joe Biden really 
found that very neat. He invited him backstage to talk. And oh, is that all night, they did? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> he didn't even sniff his hair. <laughs> That's hard to believe. You guys are bad. This is really cool. Just hear me out. All right. So he invited him to give a speech at the Democratic National Convention last night. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really cool. I mean, he was just Why? talking about how you know, Joe Biden, um, we want a president who um, makes fun of people with these issues or that cares about people. We don't want a president. I don't want a president at all. Yeah, yeah no president. Thank you. I, I'm going to vote for nobody. Right. But, you know, I just think if you get a chance to watch it, it's, it's really cool. Oh, it sounds he awful. really did a good job. Um, well, I, I think you should just um, give it a chance. I'm See, glad I generally <laughs> assume that things like that were thought of by a very clever political strategist, mm-hmm. and they spun the story and they hired the actor, and, and, and that's how things like that, in my humble opinion, come to be. Well, look, there may be the personal victory that this young man had of being able to get up on a stage and give a speech and, you know, with the, with whatever stuttering problem he might have had, and I can appreciate that, right? So, like, John Stoss for instance, every, a lot of people in the liberty movement know who John Stossel is, the former ABC 2020 host, oh, yeah. went to Fox News, had his own show. Uh, now he's doing his own Stossel TV thing on YouTube. He's still cranking out some really excellent uh, product. He was a stutterer, and he actually beat his stuttering problem just by focusing and getting you know mm-hmm. getting over the problem he was able to overcome that so from a personal standpoint of a victory i'm glad this young man had that victory for himself but i'm not going to sit there and listen to politician uh you know filleting like that on you know and for any reason whatsoever i'm not impressed by politicians and people who are impressed by them don't impress me yeah, yeah. All right. thanks well, for thanks the call for mike i definitely call. appreciate hearing from you by the way you ought to call in on discord cuz i know you're calling you are listening on Discord. It would have sounded a lot better if you were. It sounded like a long distance call yeah. from like the eighties. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Hello, hello, middle of nowhere, yeah. Wyoming, somewhere. Eight fifty five. I, I, I really kind of wanted to ask him if if he thought it would make a make a big difference in his life to have a have a president who didn't know where that where the hell he was or what day it was at any given moment might stop talk start talking about you know leg hair and cockroaches in any minute well i mean um, we would be we might be going a level uh we're going in the same direction as we went with trump so well, well yeah i mean the, the trump and biden are pretty much the same level. guy yeah 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 i don't know trump seems to be a little more with it you know, he seems to. Um, he's, sure, that, yeah, he, but that's the point, right? He, like sometimes he does, but he, sometimes he just says the stuff that makes me go, "What?" Right? And this Where is it. It's did like he get that. It's like, what made him think it was a good idea to say? Can we get somebody who's more senile? Like, how far does it go? I mean, how low can you go? Death Row, whatever, no. Good question. <laughs> uh, you can join us here if you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. We got plenty of room for you on the air with us. Plus, coming up, Bike Week is coming back to New Hampshire, and Yay! It, it looks like it might be lame. Or at least that's the way it's being promoted. Well, they're going to try to make it lame. Yeah, we'll see what the bikers decide to do, though. More coming it's up hard. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want. Take control of the airwaves here. Our number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. 
And uh, the folks over at AnyPay have uh, released something new, something exciting, especially if you are a WordPress administrator. If you're somebody who has a blog that is on the WordPress platform, and odds are if you've got a website, there's a good chance you've got WordPress. I think it's one out of four uh, websites are being operated on WordPress. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it's a pretty good uh, platform. I mean, maybe it's not the perfect tech thing or whatever. I hate but... PHP. Oh, really? Well, mm. it's a lot better in my experience than uh, than Drupal. I can tell I you mean, that. The problem yeah, is everything. Well, Drupal is also PHP and trying to yeah, do more with it. Everything so. is PHP. So it's it's. I I am I'm, I'm not a fan of some of the things that WordPress uh, like their where the community I think is the best way to put it is not great, but the. Mm. The underlying software is decent. Yeah, well, I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't that good, it probably wouldn't be as installed as it is. It's uh, it's pretty widely uh, done. In fact, I think probably most uh, probably eleven out of twelve websites that I run are running on WordPress. So uh, a lot of people use it, and it's very effective, and it's free. So you know why not? Um, but there's also a plugin for WordPress called WooCommerce, and that's like the big Woo. yeah, that's the big uh, plugin for you know buying and. Uh, you know, buying products or whatever, if you've got a store up, for instance, on your WordPress blog. So now AnyPay has a plugin that makes it so you can accept cryptocurrencies through AnyPay via WooCommerce on WordPress, which is a pretty big deal. And that is now available. Whoa. All you have to do to get it for your WordPress blog is when you're going to add your plugins on WordPress, just search for AnyPay and there it is. Just install it and, and try it out. It's apparently pretty slick. Anypayinc.com. You can go learn more about Anypay. Anypayinc.com. Got some, hopefully, some pretty big announcements about Anypay coming up within the next few weeks. That's all I can say for right now about that. But uh, version 2.0 of Anypay is available now, and there's going to be some there's some big changes uh, that are that are working, and it's going to make. <laughs> It's going to make any pay even faster than it has ever been. So looking forward to that. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We go to Dave Ridley. He's on our Discord the server. Hello, Dave. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, LibertyBlock.com in New Hampshire is reporting that uh, the, the uh, quote, Government agents in New Hampshire will no longer need to obtain warrants before entering a person's private property by force what? if they suspect COVID noncompliance, according to the emergency order Holy issued by Governor Chris Sununu on Thursday, unquote. So I don't think the governor's orders um, override the Supreme Court yeah, or they... override the Constitution. Good God. Well, theoretically they don't, but that won't stop them from coming into your home, and it's then true. you have to fight it after the fact. That's right? true. In theory, there's no difference between theory and practice, but in practice, there generally is. <laughs> <laughs> it's that old. It's that old thing, you know. The government can't do something except it can. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so this is a new order that you said just came out yesterday. Uh, no, this was, no. This, he posted this on August 15th, so it would have been, he would have been talking about roughly August 14th, I guess. Oh, okay, interesting. Well, I'm curious to know a little bit more about uh, which order this might be. Uh, it is the first that I've heard of it, and you cited a website called Liberty Block, and this is one I'm not familiar with. Do you know anything about it? LibertyBlock.com, I think, is uh, Elliot Axelman's op- operation. He's a, I oh, believe he's yeah. a free state. So it's not Liberty Block, like Cop Block. Right. And he also he also uh, is a state rep, I think, in New Hampshire here. 
Okay. Yeah, I actually mm-hmm. met Elliot at the uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year, and we interviewed him. Seemed like a pretty sharp guy. I still got to bring him out a sign. Uh, was that all you wanted to share tonight, Dave? Was just that? Uh, uh, I guess like the only thing I could add to it is that uh, Tammy Simmons, who's another liberty leaning state rep, has posted a message indicating that she doesn't she doesn't agree with it. She doesn't think it's actually authorizing this. But she tends to defend Sununu more than most of us free staters would. Hmm. Uh, according to the article here at Liberty Block, says government agents will no longer need to obtain warrants before entering private property if they suspect COVID non-compliance. According to the emergency order issued, now unfortunately he doesn't link to said order. Governor Sununu has signed an emergency order establishing safety procedures for the dwindling virus and punishments for violating his new orders. The fines will range from one thousand to two thousand dollars per day. As Liberty Block reported in an article recently, Sununu has promised to send teams of cops to enforce these new laws, which they're not laws. It's the craziest thing. At the same time, the vaccine makers are saying that there's so little of this stuff around that they don't even know if they're going to be able to test their vaccine properly. I don't... it's it's like they're people are, are are describing two completely different sets of facts and believing both of them at the same time. Okay, so it looks like it was the same emergency order that also is requiring people gathered at an organization or a some sort of a scheduled gathering of more than a hundred people to wear masks. So this was one of the things that we violated over the weekend. Nobody Yay. at the mask freedom event that happened here in Keene last Saturday, from which, by the way, video is available over at freekeen.com. You can see nobody's speech. Uh, I gave one as well. And there was actually really a, another couple decent speeches. Dan, uh, there's a local gentleman who's running for state Senate who really, I would say, did a great job with uh, with his speech. He really called out the the state in a way I wasn't expecting a sort of like, I figured he was going to be your typical Republican, but he really got up there and, and blew it away. Well, the thing is, some of them are starting to get angry. Mm-hmm. Better late than never. Yep. And uh... <laughs> Absolutely. We even had a cop drive by here the other day and stop and talk to us on the porch saying that he was fed up with uh, how far the government has gone. Mm. Can can you wow. imagine yep. being the guy who had to enforce this stupid stuff? Well, yeah, that uh, is part of the problem of uh, these cops is they will still enforce this even though they don't agree with it. That's mm-hmm. one of the frustrating aspects of this. Uh, Dave, thanks for bringing that to our attention. We will try to pull up this executive order and see exactly what it is that uh, that it says here, if it is true that they are actually allowed to just come into people's homes without any consent whatsoever. Pretty scary stuff. Thank you, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Let's go to Rick. He's in Washington State listening online. Uh, go ahead, Rick. Hey, I'm a big fan of your show, man. Thanks, Rick. What's on your really? mind tonight? Well, what's on my mind is that, yeah, I, I, I hate how the, the government's getting corrupt. They're taking away people's rights. And uh, there's only one specific type of uh, people that's doing that. What do you mean? Politicians. Well, they own they own about ninety nine point nine percent of the banks of the whole wide world. They're they're the banker elite, also known as the Rockefellers, also known as George Soros. It's mainly the Jews what's behind all of it. Well, that's a pretty and, ridiculous theory, given that there is plenty of people who aren't Jewish that are in seats of power. 
Hmm. Right? So there's plenty of people who call themselves Christians. But again, they're owned by the Jews. There's plenty of people who call themselves Muslims. Hmm. And it's really ridiculous to suggest that only Jewish people are in search of power. Yeah, I mean, every every culture has its mafias. There are certainly some very successful Jewish mafias. There mm-hmm. are also some very successful Irish mafias and Italian mafias. Everybody's got some mafias. It's so. a, yeah, it's it's a bit absurd to uh, <laughs> to be saying the Jews, you know, you the know. Jews control the world. Certainly, they they have control over well. Certain some. Ju- some some Jews have control yeah. over some mm-hmm. things, but that's like right. you know every you know. There's also some Germans who have control over some things, yeah. and some Catholics that have you know control over some things. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you can point out so many different examples of people who aren't Jewish who are in right. seats of power and seats of banking, mm-hmm. and these people just ignore all that. Uh, so there you I'm go. I'm pretty sure the Chinese banks are all run by Chinese people. I'm yeah. not. I'm just <laughs> right. <guessing. laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. Uh, so the story here at libertyblock.com cites this emergency order issued regarding uh, being able to go into people's homes. Quote, in accordance with, they cite some RSAs, local health officers are authorized to investigate, including inspecting sites on public and private property without the consent of the owners, all nuisances and other causes of danger to public health. Civil penalties may be imposed for failure to comply with any emergency order, up to 2000 or the fine will be $2,000 per day issued under the state of emergency. So it, there's, there, I may have, there's the, the constitutional requirement for that is and there has to be an imminent danger, effectively, for them to ignore uh, getting a warrant. And, and that's, well, that's what they're going to say. It's an emergency. So therefore, no, no, no. There has imminent. to be an imminent danger. Meaning it's an emergency. It, no, 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 no. You can't might just be, get sick in, it can't in, just in a be couple an emergency. of months. It's not imminent it, danger. It can't be just be an emergency. It has to be an imminent danger. Well, if it weren't if it weren't imminent, it wouldn't be an emergency. So clearly, it's an emergency. And so therefore, it's imminent. <laughs> How long's the just gestation period of this stuff? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like three weeks, isn't it? Don't ask me, man. I okay. have no clue. 855-450 free. My level of caring about COVID is about zero. 855-450-3733. But my caring about freedom is quite high. And uh, how about you? You want to share your thoughts? You can join us here. Hour three's next. This is Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, The Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block, and that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more, and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at Discord. 
lrn.fm in the studio with you tonight you've got ian nobody and chris so we are uh, covering well actually dave ridley had called in just a moment ago uh regarding this governor's order here in new hampshire that uh, it's a post from libertyblock.com and it points out that there's according to this order Quote, in accordance with, and then it cites three different statutes here in New Hampshire. They say local health officers are authorized to investigate, including inspecting sites on public and private property without the consent of the owners, all nuisances and other causes of danger to the public health. So actually what this order does is... Beyond imposing a bunch of penalties like fines of $2,000 per day for violating these rules, um, pointing out that it's a misdemeanor penalty to violate the governor's emergency orders, which is, has always been that way. That wasn't new. That was the same way at the beginning of uh, this thing. But the statement here about officers authorized to investigate public and private property without any kind of consent of the owners isn't a new thing. That's their interpretation of what the existing statutes are here in New Hampshire. So I was looking here at some of these statutes, and they talk about how, based on a so-called nuisance Whatever they consider to be a nuisance, there is an authorized member of the Department of Health and Human Services may enter any land for the purpose of collecting information that may be necessary to investigate or inspect drainage systems or private sewage systems. No owner shall refuse to admit any such member or agent. That's one example uh, of this. They end, then in another RSA, this is... Uh, you know, this has been overturned by the, by the New Hampshire law, I believe, um, because this is based off a Supreme Court ruling, and it was... Uh, there. I, I don't. I wish I knew I could quote the, the law, but the, the, that's not the case in New Hampshire. Well, it says here on RSA 128.5 that a health officer or deputy health officer shall not be guilty of criminal trespass. Uh, when conducting an investigation of sanitary conditions on private property without the consent of the owner, regardless of whether or not the property is designated a secure premises. So basically saying that if they believe there is some sort of sanitary issue, that they can just come in there and do whatever they want with their investigation and they mm-hmm. face no penalties. The Fourth Amendment to be damned. Yeah, whatsoever. Because public health, basically, is yeah. what they're, they're citing here. And then there's another public health document that, again, makes similar... Uh, statements here. So basically, they're just saying, we can do whatever we want, and we're going to punish you if you don't do what we say. That's essentially what this is, and it it goes on, and I really hope that the people of New Hampshire push back uh, this year, and they give uh, nobody a chance to uh, to get in there, our co-host. Because nobody should be doing this kind of thing. I know. It's just absolutely outrageous uh, how how this is going. Uh, New Hampshire is an embarrassment. It is not live free or die. It's not even anything even close to that. Nope. Um, maybe it is still the freest state of all the 50 states, but that still isn't saying much. That just means it's like the least worst of all the 50 cancers you know, in mm. the United States. And it's frustrating. Yeah. This is, this is, this is uh, you know, I, I, I'm always, I'm always frustrated by people who are like, well, New Hampshire's not free. And it's like, well, no, it was never free. No place we, in the there's world no place in the world that's free, right? If the there whole was, reason, I'd go there. The whole, reason, the whole reason that people of like mind are moving to New Hampshire for freedom is because there is no place that's free, right? Oh, and by the way, uh, Mark Edge, who's one of our co-hosts here, who still... I, 
does not seem to be able to make up his mind about what he wants to do. Uh, he was going to go back to Saipan in yeah. the CNMI, the uh, the Mariana Islands, and he was talking about how it's the freest place in the United States because it's a U.S. territory. Yeah. And uh, now he's saying that apparently they're going to crack down again in the CNMI. They're now implementing a new curfew of 10 p.m. Are crack you serious? Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, and this is the thing, like you're not going to have any place, any place that seems freer than another is not really free until you have enough people there who can actually have, you know, that that are you know, they love liberty right. and are willing to, you know, um, you know, act. Right. They have to be willing to actually make a stand for freedom right. because right. just complaining isn't going to do it. Right. You can complain from anywhere. Right. Um, it's it's actually taking action and moving uh, to be around other people that will eventually have an impact. Refusing so. to do what you're told uh, peacefully and yep. refusing to pay refusing to obey if you have enough people who together are doing those sorts of things the government doesn't have enough jail cells for you mm. just say no yeah it's a good plan <laughs> it's good advice oh wow <laughs> when it comes to the government yeah we need a t-shirt with that just say no i think they had those mm. in the 1980s yeah, I, yeah yes yeah i know but we need we need to re revamp that bring it back bring there, it back we, revamp it we need it. to find the right the the way to make that funny because there's yeah. definitely oh jokes yeah in oh yeah for sure just say no so uh Lori laughlin now she for some for listeners who may not be familiar was one of the uh, i guess popular characters she, she was an actress on uh full house which was a very popular television show in the late 80s early 90s they actually brought it back uh netflix brought bought the property and brought them all back 30 years later or whatever i've not seen the the newer version of the show but she got caught up in a bit of a uh, prosecutorial situation last year when allegedly and now i guess it's true because she pled guilty uh legally at least she and her (laughs) husband are now going to prison because they helped their kids get into college Uh, According to the story at foxnews.com, two of the highest profile defendants in the college admissions scandal, which exposed the rich and famous paying big bucks to get their kids into the nation's most prestigious colleges and universities, were sentenced today. I mean, is that even illegal? This is something that's been going on for God knows how long. It's illegal when you get caught. I mean, like, like, isn't this something that like we all know that this happens like regularly? Like somebody that buys favoritism for rich people. Well, yeah, somebody buys. I wonder who they you know a building off. or you know a, a new addition, and then they let them in. Like that's yeah. just how it is. It's like it's unspoken maybe, but it's that's what happens, and then it gets dedicated, and their kid gets in, and so on. Right. So why did this happen? It's like yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's this thing that just it, and it's not like this you know this thing that happened once. It's this thing that happens like every day. You think they messed? They stepped on somebody's toes? Nobody. Yeah, I think they probably pissed somebody off and said, ah, I'm going to get you a little. Well, Lori Laughlin and her husband, fashion designer Massimo Giannulli, were sentenced to two and five months, respectively, by Judge Nathaniel Gorton. The sentences are in line with terms of their plea deals that were laid out months ago. Laughlin, who was wearing, who cares what she was wearing, uh, she appeared virtually via Zoom, <laughs> initially seemed calm, showing little emotion as her attorney, B.J. Trock, said she is, quote, profoundly sorry for her actions. But it was Lori, or when it was Laughlin's turn to address the judge, she forced back tears as she apologized. Apologize, saying, quote, I made an awful decision. 
I went along with a plan to give my daughters an unfair advantage in the college admissions process, and in doing so, I ignored my intuition and allowed myself to be swayed from my moral compass. I have great faith in God, and I believe in redemption, and I will do everything in my power to redeem myself and use this experience as a catalyst to do good. Unquote. Wow. Describing the devastating impact the charges have had on her family life and career, the attorney said, quote, Lori lost the acting career she spent 40 years building. She, he also called the conduct completely out of character for Laughlin. He touched on how growing up, uh, Laughlin's family lived paycheck to paycheck. Quote, she didn't attend college because her family couldn't afford it. That from a young age, she was determined to succeed for herself and her family. Highlighted her how, how is that possible? She she should have made tons of money from Full House, right? No, no, no that's growing up. The, she was an adult when she, she was on. Full she House. was not one of the child. Yeah, she oh, child oh, actress. I'm thinking this is the little little girl. No, um, no, you're thinking of the uh, girls, the twins. The twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. no, no, no. The this, Olsen twins. Yeah, 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 twins. yeah. No, this was like their aunt character from the from the show. They had like a hot aunt. Anyway, that. So the sentence again. They're going to prison. This isn't an actual jail. It's Two to five months. Do you go to jail if it's a federal sentence? Oh, I don't think so. See, I don't actually. I don't actually know. The feds may actually don't only op- only operate prison. Don't they? Um, don't they? Local jails often hold federal prisoners. Yeah, that's prisoners. usually pre-trial. Pre-trial. Okay. Uh, maybe there are some that hold hmm. post. I don't know. It's a good question. Eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, all this over college education, which really isn't worth a hill of beans in the first place. Who cares? 855-450 free. But now they're going to be taken up prison. Live. You dial in toll free, bring up anything you want here. Our number is 855 450 free, like freedom. 855 450 3733. We have the Discord call in line rooms. How much will taxpayers be forced to pay to keep Lori Laughlin and her husband in prison cells for several months? Uh, in her case, two months. In his case, five months. What did they do? They help their daughters get into college. They grease some palms, basically, to get them into a college. Yeah, you'd think they'd have committed some ferocious, violent crime, but right. no, they just bribe somebody yeah. for it's, something insignificant. Which which is amazing to, to me, because, you know, to me, it makes perfect sense that, you know, if you've got a lot of money and your kids aren't that bright, then, uh, you know, that they can't get into college on their own. Then yeah, any any college administrator with any with any sense should say, "Sure, I'll let you in five times the normal tuition," right? And then that means four more students can go. And it's you know it's you know what's hilarious is that like Harvard lets in people who are really really dumb all the time. Really, yeah. Um, and George Bush, it's wins. it's it's because of uh you know basically people giving the school you know lots and lots of money. Yeah. Um, usually mm-hmm. I think it well, involves also legacy, um, legacy. Yeah. It usually involves legacy. Uh, you know, you know, basically their parents having gone to the school, but the point is it, they're still paying for access for their kids. Right. So, 
So it just depends on who you pay. In this case, they paid some guy that was going to help them grease grease the wheels. They bribed the wrong people. I guess you you can't pay somebody to help you bribe somebody. Like you have (laughs) to do it directly or it's like illegal or something. Well, it's not bribery when you give the college money directly. Okay, so somebody you paid somebody a donation. Ah, so maybe yeah. they're upset. Yeah, I mean, she just so out. She didn't like buy him a building or something. So they are apparently, according to the plea agreement, uh, going to have to serve not only time in prison but also pay fines. So they will be paying a hundred fifty thousand dollar fine plus a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine for each of uh, Does her it and her husband. Say what the charge was. Yes, I mean because it just, it just they just racked seems so them hard up. To of course, as you might imagine, they hit yeah. them with multiple I mean, charges. If it's a state college, then it's bribery of a public official. Oh, is it bribery a state college? Was, is that what happened? Bribery was one of the the charges. I'm not sure which college. I wonder. It was. I wonder if it wasn't a private college, and that's why there's actually charges. Here. I mean, almost every college is state. Well, state college. But but the other thing is, technically, if you misuse even a private employer, if you misuse their their resources by letting people in contrary to uh, to policy, then, you know, there could be an argument that there's that there's fraud going on there and that she was an accessory to fraud by paying. Maybe, but presumably if you're paying somebody, you're paying the school and not the individual that's letting you in. Well, see, I, I don't know who she bribed. Yeah, I don't know I either. I think bribing the school is legal. Right, that's what I would think. It was, I believe, USC, which is the U, um, U, mm. uh, what is it, University oh, of California. Oh, so, yeah, go. that's University okay. of California land right, guys. free college. Right. If you're rich, the lesson to be learned here is you don't bribe government institutions. You only bribe the private ones. Well, don't be in California is a good start. Here's, well, here's, sure. here's an idea. Forget about college. It's uh, over. It's highly overrated. I mean, these these young women that uh, they sent their their daughters. They had two daughters. I mean, they're attractive young girls. I mean, they they're already successful, right? Like they're they're pretty rich girls, right? They by by virtue of who they were born into, which family they were born into, they're already a success. One of these girls on Instagram's got like two million followers or whatever. I mean, she's got she had yeah. How she do doesn't you... have this now, but she got uh, she had like a deal with some makeup company. She had a deal with you know some uh, fashion designer or whatever, right? Like she already had all right. these. De- she's you know nineteen and she already has deals bigger than what most <laughs> people are going to have in their entire lives. So what does she need college for exactly? What's she going to status? Do? Yeah, symbols. It's it's a symbol. It's a status. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, it's you know a lot of middle class uh individuals you know they get the degree it's a piece of paper and uh it's it's not it's not what gets you in the door even it's just it's just a piece of paper well, that you it, can it may not say be, you know i po- attained a certain status like education wise and i mean and, the point uh, of being educated is to know things though not to mm-hmm. get your foot in the door well, uh, now you know, some people I mean, would say it's all about who you know and not what you know. Well, I mean, yeah. And well, I say that I've gone back to college twice mm-hmm. as an adult, and in both cases, I was taking a bunch of classes that were not particularly related to my career. Um, you know, I was I was learning about things because I wanted to know. 
The U.S. attorney had this to say, quote, The crime Gianelli and Laughlin committed was serious. Over the course of two years, they engaged twice in Singer's fraudulent scheme. They involved both their daughters in the fraud, directing them to pose in staged photographs for use in fake athletic profiles and instructing one daughter on how to conceal the scheme from her high school counselor. As between the defendants, the evidence suggests Gianelli was the more active participant in the scheme. He engaged more frequently with Singer. So Singer was the age that they were using to get all this mm. done. He's the guy with the connections that they paid off to so make this happen. really they were involved in welfare fraud is what they were doing. What do you mean? Well, they were trying to get into a welfare college. Um, and uh, the college is free in, in, in California, so that's government money. Uh, I don't oh. know about that. They were, I mean, they were going to pay, I think. For so, so that's actually, it's actually interesting. So I have a little bit of an idea here. So, so he's not entirely off on this so for the most part uh california colleges are heavily subsidized versus sure, a, but is that true for rich people so uh, uh yeah it's college is free in california yeah it's even it's, for the ultra wealthy so yes, i don't everybody. know i don't uh, know all the details but I, I actually did like apply for a college in california like after i already got into college mm-hmm. um because so i was possibly looking to transfer anyway the point is basically it's really really hard to get into california uh universities outside of california because it's subsidized now other states will subsidize in uh state students but they won't subsidize out-of-state students so like pennsylvania is subsidized but only for in-state students if you pay if you come from outside the state you pay a premium like it's the difference between ten thousand dollars and two thousand dollars he engaged more frequently with the agent directing the bribe uh, payments to USC and Singer and personally confronted his daughter's high school counselor to prevent the scheme from being discovered, brazenly lying about his daughter's athletic ability. So they ended up getting, I think they ended up getting like an athletic scholarship based mm-hmm. on the claim that they were these athlete girls when they'd actually never played the sport that they mm-hmm. were being represented as, as playing. Uh, he wow. said that his wife took a less active role but was nonetheless fully complicit, eagerly enlisting Singer a second time for her younger daughter and coaching her daughter to... To not, quote, say too much, unquote, to her high school's legitimate college counselor, lest he catch on to the fraud. They previously had pleaded not guilty to the charges, uh, including bribery, which were brought against them in October of last year, along with the other parents. Eleven of them swept up in the scandal. The charge of conspiracy to commit federal program bribery carries a maximum sentence of up to five years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. Federal program bribery. And the couple was also hit Mm. with charges of money laundering and conspiracy that carried a potential sentence of 40 years if convicted of all of them. So there you go. There's your update on uh, the amount of time and effort and money that was spent to put these people in prison because they wanted to send their girls to college and didn't give the right people the amount of money that they they handed over for this. Uh, More coming up here in moments. You can take control of the airwaves. Moose is the German Shepherd and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. We'll take your calls, your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. And you can join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. You can also join us online on the Free Talk Live forum. 
which is part of the larger Shire forums. You can go to forum.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to it. That's forum.freetalklive.com. It's Ian Nobody and Chris here in the studio tonight. Uh, we've been talking about some uh, court decision that we're pretty much done with that particular court decision, the one with the so-called college admissions scandal, um, the Lori Laughlin and her husband going to prison for two and five months, paying large fines over hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, in other California court-related news... Looks like a California judge has granted Uber and Lyft an emergency reprieve. Now, I don't know if you'd heard about the uh, the major oh, de- yeah. the major decision recently where a California judge has said that now Uber and Lyft will have to uh, qualify its drivers not as contractors but as employees. And it's a major attack against the idea of being a contractor and having an agreement with a company, in this case, just being completely undermined by the government courts in California. Uber and Lyft were both uh, threatening to pull out of California to shut down their services, uh, no longer operate within that particular state, which happens to be like 10% or I think it was like 12% of Uber and Lyft's revenue. It's a big state. Yeah, comes from California. So they were ready to walk away from this, but the last chance, last ditch effort uh, for them to stay active there was an, an essentially a stay on the order, as I understand it. So they they were seeking that, and apparently that has been granted. I I, I kind of hope that that Uber and Lyft lose on this one, so they can leave the state. Uh, yeah, because the people That's that would really lose would be the people of California, what? and they got it coming for keeping this dangerous government. I, mean, I agree. Around. What so, do you mean that's not going to happen? So here's the thing: I, I they're going to switch their business model around is more likely what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and they're going to be licensing out effectively the trademarks uh, to um, you know uh, fleets of vehicle owners, um, and then it so so. It's just another way of getting around basically the law they passed. So wait, you think they're going to license their I mean, they've logo? already been talking about this in the news. Yeah, so they've mm. already got... To what, a taxi cab company? I, I, I don't understand Something it, very fully how similar it works. To, to a taxi cab company, it sounds like. So basically, instead of... Or something. You, you're going to have one guy who owns a bunch of cars, and he has a bunch of Uber drivers who are his employees. Mm-hmm. But they're not Uber's employees, they're his employees. It's, uh, so it's not... Interesting. I yeah, hadn't heard about it, this It's yet. not entirely the same business model, but it's 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 close enough where it'll work for them probably huh. um and they've already got this in germany and some other countries really yeah so it's 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 so stupid but yeah i mean they're just that's adding the courts are forcing them they're to do. basically the courts are forcing them to add additional middlemen and um, which will so increase n- prices and everything else and just mm-hmm. you know it's not like the it's not like the employees are gonna get or the yeah. the the contractors are gonna get paid more it's just adding more work for the company yeah. And and it, it's irritating to me because, you know, I had arguments with my dispatcher when when I was uh, driving cab where it was like he wanted me to do something right now. And I had someplace I had to be. And I said, I'm a contractor. Mm-hmm. You don't get to tell me what to do. Right. If I decide I'm going to take uh, take some time off and go see my girlfriend. I'm going to go see my girlfriend right, right now. That's one of the benefits. That's what my contract says. But that's not the case when you're an employee. Correct, which is going to mm. be a major... Pl- so even though Uber and Lyft may still be able to operate under this new system that you're talking about, yeah. that's not going to help their contractor people because now they're no longer going to be contractors and they'll have a schedule. 
Mm-hmm. Right, because if you're an employee, they tell you when to show up. Yeah, and I mean, a lot more money is going to go to bookkeeping and overhead. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. that has to come out of the earnings and of the driver. It, There's nowhere else for it to come from. Yeah. There's another way to look at this too. It's it's actually stifling competition right yeah. now. Yeah. There's a lot of competition as a result of the Uber ride shares. and Lyft yep. and the ride shares. And this is never mm-hmm. this has not been the case because they've had uh, you know taxi companies have had effectively uh, you know. Um, I don't know if you call, say monopolies, but cartels, cartels, yeah, cartels of, of a sort. And so, yeah, it, this is actually introducing some competition in the market. These cartels don't like that. They have to, um, obviously, uh, they, they created a high barrier to entry to get those cartels in the first place mm-hmm. set up. And now that somebody is undermining that, they are coming back and, and trying to ensure that their their business model continues to, to function when it, it it's yeah, and uh, self-interested. Group- one group of people which which really loses in this is the, the last customer. people. Oh yeah. Well, the customer and also the last people to become uh, cab drivers uh, never did benefit from the cartel because they paid eight hundred thousand or a million dollars for their for their taxi cab medallion sure. if they're driving in New York. Yeah. And, and now it's a they're never going to make that money back. Yeah. Now right. they're worth a fraction of that. Right. Yeah. It's uh, the 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 value of those uh, medallions have already been decimated. Yeah. Um, mm. it's, it's, yeah, it's, they're not worth anything like they were. Uh, so they, again, we're going to shut down like at midnight yesterday or something like that. If this reprieve was not granted, it has been. So the judge did issue an emergency stay, allowing Uber and Lyft to continue operating under their current business model while they continue to litigate. And of course, there's also going to be a ballot measure on the ballot in California this November where people are going to get to weigh in on this, uh, where it's an initiative that was sponsored by Uber and Lyft. So they got a bunch of signatures, right? And they got this thing uh, on the ballot. So it's going to allow California voters to make sort of the final decision about this, you know, which may not go well for them. It's, it's yeah. kind of funny. Even California voters are about the last people on earth I'd want to trust with any kind of a oh, decision. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny also because like even if they get rid of uber and lyft and they're banned and they can no longer operate and they they, you know the government is successfully you know clamps down on this what's going to stop the you know what how are they going to stop the next you know technological development when it's completely decentralized are you literally going to start arresting the people who are driving in a you know driving for the centralized app and maybe the way we should we should look at this is as an opportunity because Mm -hmm. we can do if we develop a, a decentralized app, we can do things that Uber can't do mm-hmm. because of decentralization. Well, the good news is you don't have to develop it. It's already been developed. It's called Cell 411, mm-hmm. and it's had ride sharing in it now for a couple mm-hmm. of years. And it you know may not be the best ride sharing setup yeah, out there, it, but it, it is decentralized. Bit, it needs a little bit more work, it but it would definitely it be the uh, be the uh, the platform that that I would want to want to build it on top of just. Just, you know, polish off what's already there. Exactly. Now, and it was never really promoted particularly effectively or well. Um, so I agree with you. It does need a little bit of work. But in a, a sense, essentially what makes it different from Uber is Uber and Lyft centrally control the pricing. 
right? So mm. Uber and Lyft also centrally control the distribution of the uh, you know the, the rides, right? So they uh, they somebody requests a ride, they send out the request to the nearest driver uh, to the person who's sending the request. So they have a system, and their system does work pretty well. But they ultimately set the rates. So Uber looks at the market and says, "All right, well, we're, we just, looks like the te- cab companies are charging this amount, or the government mandates this for cabs. So we're going to price slightly below that, and then we're going to give our drivers seventy five percent of the revenue." And done deal. Okay, here we are with Cell Four One One. You can set your own rates, mm-hmm. so you can actually have comp- competition for rate within the same app. So if one person wants to drive for you know next to nothing, they can, and there's no one else that can stop them from doing that because ultimately the app doesn't take a cut of the mm-hmm. sale at all. So the driver keeps full amount of the the uh, the fare. They can collect whatever kind of fare payment they want. If mm-hmm. they want to take crypto, they can take crypto. They could want to take gold, gold backs or whatever. They could take gold backs. Uh, they mm-hmm. can take cash. They can take credit card. Whatever they're prepared to accept so they're so it's decentralized in that the drivers decide the rate and the drivers decide how they get paid uh but of, of course there is still the centralization in that the app is an app and yeah you know that sort of thing so i'm sure that some of that can decentralized be resolved apps too. not impossible sure no doubt about yeah, it um well, you know, I mean, there is a centralization to some degree, uh, you know, when it comes to all apps in, in the sense that you have to uh, download the app you from have to somewhere, download that from the app store generally. Yeah. And unless you know what you're doing, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So. So there you go. Uh, that's the latest on the Uber Lyft controversy. We will continue to follow this closely because it is real bad news uh, for the idea of being a contractor and just having the state come right in and rip your contract up and rip it out from underneath you and say, now everything's changing because we said so. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. The number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. and Chris. And nobody. So we go to uh, your calls, your thoughts. Also, want to make sure that you join us online over at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features there. And Chris, you've also got your own show that you do, Freedom Decrypted. Every Saturday from 5 to 8. And it is, Easter. how would you describe it? It's a libertarian leading slanted tech show, mm-hmm. uh, basically. So we cover, you know, free software, Linux, GNU, um, and basically anything government related that involves tech. So them stamping down on your freedoms or privacy. You do a good job at that. Yeah. And so check it out. 5 p.m. Eastern time. Start time for Saturday afternoons, correct? Saturday afternoon, yeah. Over at freedomdecrypted.com. You can also grab the podcast audio only version of it, but it's uh, by default a video series it is yeah you can download the videos um as well as and watch it live a live show if yeah. you want so check out freedom decrypted also check out electnobody.com for the latest from the nobody campaign for governor here in new hampshire it's true which continues on for the next at least the next couple of weeks uh we're setting up a debate between you and at least one of the other gubernatorial candidates she has agreed to that we've uh, we've invited the incumbent as well the incumbent governor i suspect he's going to completely ignore the invitation but <laughs> nonetheless the invitation has been made 
and uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll have an interesting debate in about a week's time. So. I still want to go go knock on his door and invite him in person. I, I, I mean, I, I just want to bring a couple hundred friends. I'm, That'd be great. I'm sure the guy doesn't want to look bad, and he would look bad if he had to debate you. Oh, I don't think he cares about that. Really? I mean, look how bad he looks right now. He's a tyrant. I mean, the dude is completely burning a yes. lot of his bridges with people. He's he he got into office and they were expecting him to be like a small government guy, and he has been I, terrible. I am curious what uh, you know what people's perceptions in New Hampshire are like statistics. Um, have you seen anything of that nature? Because, what do you mean statistics regarding what? Yeah, as far as how well he's doing or what the what people voters think? Good question. As far uh, as you know, for or against at this point? At least a couple of months ago, he had tremendous support. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least according to the the polls, but again, you know, he had my support after he after he vetoed those gun laws. Sure, then, I mean he's done oh, a few things yeah. right. I mean he did he did veto some really bad gun laws. He did sign marijuana decriminalization mm-hmm. a, a few years ago, back in 2017. So he's done a few things so right. He then tur- then he uh, he then refused to uh, sign the next step. So you mean legalization, right? You know, I, arguably that was the right choice to make. As, um, as bad as he's been, it may be that that particular bill was bad. Yeah. As bad as he's been, um, I, I, you know, I think at the same time we could have. He hasn't been as bad as some other states, some governors in other states. That's true. Um, and it's but not he that also I wanna, hasn't been the best. I don't want to put him on a pedestal, but I'd call him mid pack. Yeah, like he's not the absolutely. worst, and he isn't even close. You're to right. The best. You're right. You're right. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so he's burning a lot of Republican bridges right now, and I think he's he's vulnerable. And now whether or not he can be defeated is another question, because right now there has yet to even be a poll that mm. has asked anyone anything about the uh, Republican. Republican primary. So yeah, there's well, never that's been... not what the just us system is for. Right. Yeah. It's right. I mean this none uh, of the people running against him are members of the club. The problem is that the system is stacked against anybody else who's running uh, pretty much. It's, yeah, it's it just, really is. Yeah, you know, it's like and the media is ignoring uh his no, competition the, completely. The, yeah, absolutely. Um there's no there's no media coverage. This is one of those things. Is there one was those... one newspaper in the North Country that published a story within the last yeah, week, I mean, but that's it. It's because of the name. I mean it's it wasn't because of nobody. Because yeah, of I mean it's nobody. because of the name. It yeah. It wasn't because, and this is the problem. Well, that was the hope. because of the name, the coverage, which has been very little well, so far. Sure, but. absolutely, that was the hope. But yeah. I would hope that should have been more. You would get more yeah. than just the name, right? Like, like, what were your issues? What are you fighting for? You yeah, know? sure. It's like the well, this I, this uh, media is just we need we need more media. We need more mm. competition in that market, and we just yeah, don't have it. not a lot up here. Yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and and uh, and predict that my polling when it, when it starts will return surprisingly good result i hope so i hope so we're actually going to try this we're going to try um start we're going to do our own poll basically (laughs) because no one else is doing it i I have to say you guys are taking this campaign way more seriously Mm. um than i i than i could have imagined well the Uh, thing is surprising it's kind of refreshing it it's something i mean basically right now it's about building a little bit of a platform Mm. but but once it's built then you know it it becomes easy to to keep running mm-hmm. and uh and you know i i think i can do this for a couple more years without going completely out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> Good let's, luck. Go, let's go to uh the discord line here we got bc covington on the line here with us go ahead bc hey how you guys doing hey you're on the air go ahead uh, i'm on the radio right so that's correct no, no, no yeah. naughty words thank you thank you very much correct okay um, yeah, do you guys know the 1965 Hart Seller Act? 
Not familiar. No. What is um, it? It's our most recent immigration act that we're currently under. Heart Seller? Yeah, they're the two um, legislators who for, who sponsored it. Okay. That sounds Heart sketchy. So what about it? What sounds sketchy about it that it doesn't exist? Heart Seller. Yeah, they're, they're t- the two names of the guys, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It just sounds like yeah. they're going to cut out your heart and sell it to somebody. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound oh, good. Oh, I see. Sketchy. I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> so what about, what about it, this it, thing? You're kind of right in that Shakespeare kind of said it, what's in a name? Mm. There is something to be said about that, because that was passed mm-hmm. without American support, and it was lied to about the American people about what it would be. Wait but a minute. I are you saying politicians told lies? <laughs> I know. Right? Nobody Wait, tells the what? truth. I know. This is uh, maybe you guys are, are young. I, I'm younger than you guys, but maybe mm-hmm. you guys might not have been around when this happened either. It was in 1965. So maybe your parents told you about it. Um, this is the famous piece of legislation that Ted Kennedy had to, in 1965, had to like speak to the American people and said, we're going to pass this law, but it's not what you think. It's not going to drastically change the American nation. And then 60 years later, it did. I don't know if you've heard about that. Are you still talking about this heart seller thing? Or is that, are you yeah, yeah, to- yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us something about the law. Yeah, what, 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 what's your point about it? Oh, okay. So, for, all right. So basically it undid a previous immigration law and then enacted some of its own things. So before 1965, we were under the 1924 National or- Origins Quota Act, mm-hmm. which was a huge reduction, almost net zero in immigration. And we had some of our, you know, we were able to get through the depression fight fight and win a world war and have the 1950s growth so it was actually awesome but what is it that you have against people being able to travel freely uh again i believe in the na- I, I believe in the nation state but but the, the point of this is not that the point is uh well it, you're, you're the, complaining because you were saying it went from net zero to allowing more people about. to come in right that's your complaint te- you asked me what it was about i'm just and now you. i'm asking you your opinion about it oh yeah no it definitely was great you're saying the the situation prior to the 1965 act was great, and then after 1965, because this other thing, Hart Seller, allowed more immigrants, now it's not great. That's what you're saying? Well, hold on. Well, how about I tell you about it, since you've admitted that you don't know about either. Go ahead. So, Okay. So the National Origins Quota Act in 1924 to 1965, it, there was immigration. It wasn't zero. It was near zero. And But the immigration was... Say we allowed 100,000 immigrants a year. Say you were, um, I don't know, Japanese and you want to be an immigrant. The percentage of the 100,000 total immigrants that could be Japanese was the same as the percentage of, Japan- of the Japanese already in America. So say, say 1% of Americans in 1930 were Japanese. That meant 1% of mm-hmm. the 100,000 immigrants could be Japanese. Sounds like say, gene pool socialism. You need a centrally planned gene pool. Right. Some bureaucrats yeah, you, make decisions about who's allowed to come and who's not. And that, that got you excited, huh? Yeah, you would think that. So Japan wishing to remain 99% Japanese, that's, that's, that's eugenics to you? Uh, I'm not in Japan, and I don't believe in— Well, it's a simple question. Simple question. I don't believe in restrictions yeah. that are arbitrary imposed by government bureaucrats. I believe so in freedom. Eugenicists. What do you have against freedom? So they're they're eugenicists, according to you, or, or gene pool. That's not what I said. Yeah, he's, uh, I would say they were. They they certainly do have a have a uh, centrally planned uh, gene pool. Yeah, I don't support that's that. Bad. Yeah, I don't uh, support central planning. Yeah. Well, I it. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me because the way humanity evolved was that 
I mean, the way evolution works is nature tries everything and some things work better than others. So if you cut off some of the possibilities, then you might not find your optimal uh, optimal genetic genetic solution. So no, I think you should mix everything up and let uh, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, freedom, baby. Yeah, hey, if freedom. you uh, if you want to talk more, BC Covington, we're out of time on this show, but. Nobody tells the truth is coming up. Are, no, it's not coming up. I I'm actually uh, kind of drippy in the nose today. All and right, I no, nobody tonight. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Sunday night. I think you're, nobody's doing another episode I will be Sunday, back Sunday night. Uh, we'll see you online in the meantime. Free talk live. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge, and coming to you for Free Talk Live with another Edgington Post today. I have with me. Uh, Lisa Conyers and Lisa, along with Phil Harvey, wrote a book, and that book is called Welfare for the Rich, How Your Tax Dollars End Up in Millionaires' Pockets and What You Can Do About It. And I'm curious about all this stuff. Lisa, you there? Yep, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Yep. Well, let's uh, let's define a few terms. That's the best thing to do first. What's crony capitalism? Well, crony capitalism or corporate welfare, as we like to call it, is where your tax dollars that you pay into the federal government or your state or local governments ends up getting given out to wealthy um, recipients. And it can be in the form of just flat out checks written to them, or it can be in terms of uh, tax subsidies or tax abatements, um, grants, all kinds of ways that um, the wealthy have found their way into your pocketbook and using their legislators to get there. One of the questions I have regarding that particular definition is that uh, the taxes that I pay in are not tax subsidies, right? Like, so if um, if if the two of us owe a thousand dollars and you get a tax subsidy of some sort for five hundred, the fact that I paid in a thousand dollars may not seem fair, and it certainly doesn't seem fair, but it isn't my tax dollars, right? Well, in those cases, I would argue that, I mean, in a sense it is because, for example, if you're trying to pay for your fire department and somebody isn't paying their fair share, then everybody else has to take up the slack. So, I mean, you can either like reduce the size of your fire department or everybody else's taxes are going to have to cover that difference. I mean, that's not the way it always happens, but sometimes it does. But you're right. Sometimes they just don't pay something. But if somebody else is not paying their fair share, everybody else has to cover them somehow. And, um, you know, as a libertarian, I'm pretty much hate taxes generally, and I sort of applaud people for not having to pay taxes whenever they don't have to pay them. However, um, I would say that a corporation is the creation of a government, right? Like it is uh, it is the it is that. It, yeah, right. This this entity that we've decided in modern world to call an entity, which is just paper, um, this this paper yeah. we call entities uh, gets a subsidy. Um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, it's the government that created it in the first place. So I would say that the only and the government didn't create me. It didn't create uh, my son. It didn't create my dog. Um, and it doesn't really have, to my mind, the right to demand money from me for existence. Um, it may claim it for a variety of other reasons, but it can claim it from a corporation for existence. So, you know, we're starting on the foot where I'm already of the opinion that corporations owe taxes and people don't. Um but uh, I think that, you know, like I, I just want to be clear on the terms of what is a, uh, you know, what's what's a tax break and what is them getting my money. Can you tell me about them getting my money? Because that's what concerns me the most. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, a good example would be farm subsidies, right? Because in the case of farm subsidies, a lot of farmers are uh, very wealthy and whoa, 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 whoa. Earn, these guys, you know, you can be these farmers aren't wealthy. They walk around in, um, you know, these these overalls and they have uh, they have little straw hats. Sometimes they carry a weed in their mouth. These aren't wealthy men. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's what we all, you'd like to believe. And that's what America has been sold for a long time. But uh, the days of the little farmer on his tractor with his little red barn are long gone. And most farming in this country, especially farming that is supported by the government, is big ag, big farming and, you know, million acre farms and things like that. And the average farmer earns twice what the average American earns. And you can earn a million dollars as a farmer and still qualify for all the various programs that are in part of our farm bill. You say what farmers are selling is largely bull hockey? <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, their lobbyists would, would love for you to, you know, believe in that little, you know, independent farmer. But that's a rare beast these days. And those kinds of farmers are the ones that are least likely to get any help from the government. So, um, yeah, it's 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 not what you think it is in farmland. So there was a cutoff for uh, COVID welfare, limiting only uh, limiting only to companies grossing less than five hundred million dollars. What happened with that? Well, that was the Paycheck Protection Program, where right. we gave out about two trillion dollars in the space of about two weeks, uh, and it was announced as a program, as you said, for small business. But what ended up happening, as always happens, you know, in these situations. When the government starts writing checks, they wrote a lot of checks to a lot of companies that were way bigger than that. A lot more employees, you know, billionaire companies got got money. One hundred and twenty five Chinese companies walked away with about four hundred million dollars of ours. So, um, yeah, that was a a good example of exactly what we talk about in our book. And I'm I'm just sorry that the book came out right when all that was happening or we would have written about it for sure. (laughs) So um, another one that really manages to get a lot of government subsidies, as I understand it, and you know better about this than I do, that's why you're here, is oil exploration and oil drilling. Um, what, uh, what do they get out of uh, taxpayers? Is it just subsidies or is it money in their yeah. pocket? No, it's money in their pocket. They get, you know, they get tax subsidies, they get tax breaks, they get um, – they get. Uh, they get to write off their exploration. So for example, you know, they go dig a well and whether or not they hit anything, they can, they can write that off and not have to um, pay taxes on what they earn on it. The the oil industry is just, and it's not just oil, it's natural gas. I mean, all of the energy industries get, you know, massive subsidies. Some people think it's only solar and wind that are getting subsidized by the government, but that is absolutely not true. Coal is heavily subsidized. Um, gas is heavily subsidized. I mean, all of the energy industries are, are, have got your, their hands in your pocket. Down in uh, Louisiana, there's a really good <clears throat> example of this. The, the big guys like Dow and ExxonMobil have been, uh, have been excluded from paying property taxes there since the 1930s. And they, all they have to do is just approach this tiny little commission in the state government and say, hey, we don't want to pay taxes on our property where we're building this massive refinery and, and it's basically rubber stamped. And so as a result, you know, Louisiana has a very s- small tax base, but recently some citizens got together and fought back and won. Uh, so it was a kind of an unusual win for this, the little guy. 
Um, how can people have these kind of wins in their lives? Well, that's the subject of our last chapter, which is all about, you know, what you can do about it. And to me, the most exciting thing that's going on with this is the big data and sort of the the exposing of this kind of spending online in real time. So you can really see where your money goes. And there are several organizations that are doing that. They're basically putting all of their local state federal spending online on databases that you can search and you can see what's going on. And then it's up to people like you and me and, and, you know, writers and journalists and media people to expose some of these stories so that people get outraged. And it, what I've seen I traveled the country for two years for this book and interviewed people. And when people start to hear the stories of what's going on, they start to think, oh, wait a minute, you know, I'd, I'd prefer we weren't giving our money away to rich people, you know, and they get excited and what, you know, then they, then you can start fighting back. But, you know, the big data stuff is just great because a lot of this stuff used to be hidden and now it's all out there for you to see, just like the paycheck protection program, they've released lists of recipients now so you can actually go online and look up everybody who got those those uh you know the covid bailouts and in some cases that embarrassed some of the recipients enough that they gave the money back i'm sure you heard about the you know there were nfl teams that took money and shake shack the big restaurant chain and you know some of them were embarrassed enough to just say oh maybe we shouldn't have taken that money we'll give it back I don't know. I mean, uh, when the government shuts down business in general, um, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if uh, people go with their hands out. I mean, if uh, my entire business was shut down for three, four, five, six, seven months, I don't know. We don't know how long. I mean, look at the uh, movie industry, Um, cruise lines. uh, I mean, you know, all these uh, corporations have managed to kind of insert themselves in to decrease their tax base as much as uh, possible. But I mean, it seems to me what we really have here is is really bad tax law Um, in so much as no one human being knows what it is. And if you call the IRS and you ask them a question about your taxes, not some corporation's taxes, but your taxes, 50 percent of the time they're going to give you the wrong answer because they don't know either. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. the, the corporations get together with the government. They write the laws to benefit themselves. No doubt about that, um, yeah. because that's what everybody's going to do. And rich people have always been served best by the state best in quotation marks here. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a difficult, uh, not to untie Gordian in, a, in its scale. Um, <laughs> and I just don't have any particularly good answers for it, but it, um, yeah. other than, you know, what Alexander the great had for it, which is split the damn thing in half. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Steve Forbes back three decades ago said we should fill out our taxes in a postcard. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. makes more sense than anything to me. Right. Yeah. No. And I think that, you know, with these bailouts that just happened and are continuing to happen, I don't have a problem with helping out a little guy who's trying to keep his small business going. I do have a problem with multimillionaire and billionaire companies going in there and getting a piece of that. They've got plenty of money to work with. They don't need my tax dollars. And that's what's so frustrating. It's just, you know, I, I'm all for free markets. I want everybody to chase the American dream as hard as they can and right. and make all the money they want. It just shouldn't be coming from my pocket. It should be from them doing whatever it is they want to do as a business. Turns out the free markets ain't free. Yeah, no, <laughs> free market isn't free. And and yeah, and unfortunately, you know, the, the big guys tend to game the system. And there's a reason for that. I mean, you talk about big government. 
for every dollar you spend in DC on lobbying, you get $760 back. Yep. Try and get a return on investment like that (laughs) anywhere else, you know. Lobbying is uh, rent-seeking behavior, and, you know, it's it's not a government by the people for the people anymore. It's a government by the lobbyists for the corporations, and it is a, uh, you know, it's a real mess. Uh, Lisa, where can people get the book? Uh, The book is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also go to our website, welfareforthericht.com, and there's links there to get the book. And um, you can also, all of our interviews are on there, as well as a link to our previous book called The Human Cost of Welfare, which was all about the welfare system in this country. So um, yeah, go to welfareforthericht.com and you can learn more. And then in spring of 2021, there'll be a PBS documentary coming out called uh, Corporate Welfare, Where's the Outrage? On PBS next spring. And that has stories from the book. And uh, so you can learn more about what's in it. Lisa Conyers and your co-author, Phil Harvey, Welfare for the Rich, How Your Tax Dollars End Up in Millionaires' Pockets and What You Can Do About It. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is a pandemic survival alert and the most time-sensitive messages you will hear this year. You still have time to plant a one-acre crisis garden and secure a supply of your own nutrient-dense food. But time is running out, and it's one deadline you don't want to miss. Who should plant a crisis garden? Individuals, families, churches, communities, anyone or any group that sees hard times ahead. Let's face it, even the mainline media is talking about food supply disruptions and the growing number of grocery store workers who are becoming sick. But there's more. Meat packing plants are closing, mile-long lines at food pantries, and more farmers now in financial trouble. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables this summer may be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand what we're really up against. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports, too. Don't wait. Every minute counts. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. 